Joshua Michael, we got a resident BA, Barakis, Mr. Tony Morales, what's up brother? Uh, he's got way better hair than me man, he's got way better hair. Dude, he didn't have a cool ass beard like you dude, I love that, like, you need to keep rocking that. Man, the beard's alright. Just don't grow it too save long. It down, save it down with some mutton chops or something. Just don't grow it too long or people are going to feel uncomfortable sitting next to you in airplanes. <laughs> True. I love foreign objects hidden in my beard. Yes sir. Or, so, or bubble gum. Bubble gum, whatever it is. Oh, it makes me think of that. Uh, did you ever watch uh, Harold and Kumar Escape from Guantanamo Bay? Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> he looks over and smiles at that white lady, and he just morphs into that terrorist. <laughs> yeah, speaking of movies you couldn't redo in this day and age. <laughs> oh my god, Gu- Guantanamo Bay I liked better than than uh, Go to White Castle, man. Like, the... <laughs> Oh yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> The uh, the the guy that played Freak Show from uh, Law and Order SVU, like he was the 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 racist guy with Tourette syndrome, Grand Dragon. <laughs> <laughs> what the N word? <laughs> like, what the shit is this guy doing? <laughs> yeah, definitely. You definitely couldn't remake that movie in twenty twenty one. Hell no! It, it needs it, you know it just needs to be re released. There's too many damn people out there getting offended. You have some fun, laugh. This is the first time I've really laughed in a while. You know, get that. We had a. Uh, that's true. We need a colossal whopper of a shitty past week, <laughs> but it's nice to d- be able to do this. Yeah, thing. yeah. I've definitely had worse, but I've definitely had better. Definitely, yeah, yeah. That's that's for certain. That's for certain. But we got good comics to talk about. We do. We've got some juicy DC to stuff to talk about, man. I got to tell you, just to kick it off, the more I have gone down this DC rabbit hole on the app, on just everything new coming out, the movies. Snyder Cut, we just saw the the uh, Red Band trailer, trailer for uh, Suicide Squad. The more it just makes Marvel look like dog shit. <laughs> Wouldn't go that far, but I definitely, think, as far as the movies go, I definitely think DC is hopefully making, you know, going to give Marvel more of a run for its money. You know, that's one of my biggest issues with it, was I always felt like DC was just trying to, we've got to get to Justice League, we got to get to Justice League, we got to beat Marvel. Yep. And it's like, you, you you miss the whole point. The whole point was getting us to care about these characters and building this world one one freaking good movie at a time, as opposed to just, boom, wham, bam, here you go. Here's part one. And freaking, you know. And then, and I, I, think, I think they shot themselves in the face with that one. They really did. And uh, before we get too far into DC stuff, because I, I, I want to get straight into it, uh, guys, we're going to be going over uh, our opinion on uh, Justice League Snyder Cut, uh, obviously the Suicide Squad trailer, uh, also the comics we're reviewing today, we've got Justice, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Amazing Spider-Man number 61, Nightwing number 78, X-Force number 18, and I want to go briefly into talking about the first graphic novel of uh, The Girls from a couple years ago, well, like 12, 14 years ago, uh, by the Luna Brothers, and I, I really can't wait to tell you about that, especially it'll be a nice little book in uh, at the end of this, but... Nice. What do you want to do first, uh, Snyder? Or do you want to do uh, you want to do uh, Suicide Squad? Uh, let's go for Suicide Squad first, just because I kind of feel like that'll be quicker, and I feel like we're gonna have a discussion on Justice League. Yeah, 
It's going to be long box on Justice League. Yeah. Uh, thoughts, John Cena. Dude, John, I'm not going to lie. Cena kind of steals that trailer. Uh, Freaking not just, you know, not just as a wrestling fan, but just the way he portrays Peacemaker is just like, like he's a guy that you can tell he's passionate about everything he does, but he kind of seems like kind of a, like a fool or a jackass. He's the like, dude, he's, bro. He's got these high ideals, but he doesn't know how to get there yet. Uh, I, I was just happy to see him. I'm happy to see a wrestler succeed. Um, really, you know, just get that out there. You know, you know, it's uh, one of my when he hosted Saturday Night Live. Uh, he he started the show. He was like, "I am John Cena." For those of you that voted for Hillary, uh, I am a wrestler. No. <laughs> 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 uh, it was great to see him shine, man. I, I like him when he's silly. I don't, I don't, I can't think of any times I've really seen him where he was like really like serious. But like when he was in that Tina Fey movie, where he was that drug dealer at the drug party with a oh uh, with a train wreck, uh, train wreck, something like that, where he had the yeah, like because I got that, I got the, uh, I got the Molly, I got the X, I got the meth, I got the the shit to make your shit your dick hard, the shit to make your dick soft, <laughs> some, some peas, some nice. peas. Like, like, like he he pulled it off so deadpan and funny, and uh, the the fact that you are you're pumped about John Cena because I got to pull it up. But uh, let's see, keep telling me about yeah. Cena. I want to look one something. No, Cena's good. Freaking, uh, I actually was a big fan of him in Knockers, where he plays <laughs> the. He's one of the the three parents trying to make sure their teenage daughters don't lose their virginity <laughs> on prom night. That movie was awesome. Yeah, it was, it was hilarious he, seeing him do the. Uh, the freaking beer bong oh, and the ass. Like, I mean, you just doing that with a straight face, man. Freaking Cena. Cena's always had great comedic timing and freaking, you know, his promos are always great. So you don't really, like, you kind of expect him to be good at it. The, the last but like, time... you know, you, you seeing him actually succeed is freaking is great. Yeah. It's, he's a brother. He's a brother in arms succeeding. And like, I, I want the best for him. I, re, I really do. And I want everyone to just, you know, if you don't know who John Cena is, look it up. Like he, you know, get, learn some uh, hustle, loyalty and respect. <laughs> you definitely wouldn't have been saying that five years ago. That's for sure. <laughs> I was, I, Cena was the reason I stopped watching WWE. Okay. And then when I got back in, when Rollins was reigning, um, was when I he was doing the uh, the open the the uh, open the challenge. US challenge stuff. I loved it every sa- mm-hmm. every single time, and then and I really popped for it because my homeboy uh, Kevin Owens came out. That was like one of the best uh, main roster debuts. Um, yeah, it was solid. When, when it comes to Cena, though, the fact that you're popping for Cena is telling me that uh, you don't know who Idris Elba is, who is playing Bloodsport. Yeah. No, I definitely, I'm definitely down. I just freaking like I've seen a lot of Edge's Elba stuff. Freaking, um, it was good stuff. But yeah, I just like I said, I kind of felt like he kind of stole the show a little bit. The community timing was definitely there, and you know, I, I enjoyed the whole thing overall. Freaking, my uh, my wife's on this really big Saturday Night Live kick right now, so I definitely knew who Pete Davidson was. And yeah, I actually I did seen him pre- in previous trailers, but like. Other than like the 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 Staten Island movie, I didn't know who he was. And that, freaking, that movie was solid, by the way. I haven't seen it. I've just seen the commercials, so I knew I knew his face, but I didn't really know who he was. And then, like my wife's been on this kick watching the uh, like Saturday Night Live recently, and I was like, oh, okay, that's the same guy. And like she didn't even realize it was him on the trailer until like I pointed out. She's like, oh yeah. That so I-, I thought that was. 
that that's kind of fun to like oh a TV show I watch and then this guy on this TV show I watch is freaking in this movie kind of similar thing with Cena obviously of course one thing I did want to point out though the, I I did not see um, the girl that played Mongol in the in the Red Band trailer for some reason no some kind I'm kind of wondering if like that that role might have got cut or freaking uh, or if they're just saving her for the actual movie movie. I'm or maybe her part's not as big as we originally thought it would be. I'm hoping that this is that exactly like something is gonna happen exactly what you're saying. Like where it's a nice surprise for us marks like that. Uh, sorry, I know you hate that word. I apologize. Um, oh, you're good. But the the star power of this movie. Did you realize that that was Sylvester Stallone as King Shark? <laughs> is it? I did not. Yeah, that is Sylvester Stallone, and I I super popped with Rooker playing Savant. I love mm-hmm. I, I've loved Michael Rooker since uh, Sliver, uh, which is one of um, um, James Gunn's earlier movies. If 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 you watch Sliver, that was the one with the uh, like the, the aliens, slug things, the yeah. slug aliens. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If you watch that movie, you'll see that a ton of those people are always in his movies, and I love that sort of ethos because that shows to me an artist having a lot of fun. Um, regardless uh, of the the spectrum, what I'm about to bring up, like when you watch an Adam Sandler movie, it's him and all his friends. He, I really believe Sandler just makes his movies so him and his, so he can hang out with his friends and have a good time. That's half the reason I go to wrestling shows. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, it's one of the best parts about it. And and, and James Gunn does the same thing. And of course, he you know uh, met Sylvester Stallone on uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, we've got I mean the star power. Is, uh, Taika Waititi is, is uncredited in this right now uh, as a, as a, as someone in this. Who uh, directed um, Ragnarok? Yeah. Uh, Harley Quinn was not annoying. She was hilarious. Mm-hmm. Which is difficult to do because I it's hard for me to enjoy her at all. Yeah. And God, it just Elba, dude. If anyone could turn, I keep me... saying I keep saying anti Harley Quinn things, but next week I'll probably end up freaking reviewing the next Dark Knight Harley Quinn or White Knight <laughs> Harley Quinn. No shit, right? It always happens. I do it every time. Dude, I, I do the same thing too, man. But fuck Deadpool. Next thing I'm reading like a full like graphic novel the next week. <laughs> You're like, I love this guy. Yeah. Why did I? Why did I? Let stop me quote this? Deadpool page seventeen. <laughs> Thought bubble five. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, man. And uh, Jimmy Chongas. <laughs> and I quote. Hey, by the way, I can make some monster chimichangas. Like the second, like y'all are comfortable and we get our shots. Well, you already got yours, but like. Yeah, I'm 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 I'm, I'm vaccinated. <laughs> yeah. I'll get mine soon. The, the, it hasn't opened up yet for people in my demographic uh, on anything for Walgreens or, um, or even like the, DC Health. The goth dem- it hasn't opened up on the goth demographic yet. No, no, we're we're, we're low in the totem pole. We, like uh, if, if you're not familiar with goth culture, goth breakfast is black coffee and a cigarette. <laughs> uh, yep. You guys are like the level G's for goth. Pretty much uh, from the '90s goth, yeah. Uh, not emo. Don't get me into that. But man, I'm just like really blown away by the star power in this man. Like, yeah, no, it was a solid freaking. Yeah, I'm just I'm hoping it's gonna like I have I have all the faith in the world in James Gunn, but I'm like, I remember that first Suicide Squad trailer freaking being phenomenal, and then like, I saw the movie and it was like, <laughs> and I, I'm I'm a Suicide Squad apologist. Like I was like, dude, it, there there's so much. It's it's like we talk about other things. There's so much good in that movie. Like, the casting pretty much is spot on, but, like, the actual story told was garbage. Yeah, it was... Like, they spent they spent an hour and a half, and it was basically, hey, we need to get Rick Flagg's girlfriend back, but yeah. we need the Suicide Squad to get Rick Flagg's girlfriend. 
Now, this is this is one of the things I've been wanting to bring up with you, uh, especially about Justice League at the same time, and talking about Nightwing too. Mm-hmm. Uh, is in what, and especially triggered in my head when you're talking about uh, the rush to Justice League, and we get to Justice League, and it was rushed, and you know we get that the yeah. bullshit Joss Whedon cut. I really enjoyed it, but man, it like it, you could there was yeah. some. I, I also I don't think it was as bad as everyone makes it out to be. No. But freaking, I mean, it wasn't, you know, I mean, hell, it wasn't the Snyder Cut, but it wasn't, you know, Snyder Cut was legitimately fine. double the time to tell a story. Fine art. <laughs> and we'll, we'll get to that. The, the thing is, is though, is that um, we, we see the Suicide Squad, and uh, listeners, you got to keep in mind that when this was made, that it was right at the same time when the, this when this was being made was right when James Gunn got fired from Guardians of the Galaxy number three because of a pedophile joke he made, like, fucking ten years ago on Twitter. And yeah. he got canceled by Disney, and they, you know, obviously, you know, redacted that and, you know, rehired him because I, I, it was Batista, actually, that, that championed uh, him being back. Like, he got everyone to be like, if you don't... From what I understand, from all the whispers on the, 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 the rag sheets for uh, comic book shit... So not from your inside sources? <laughs> yes. No, I don't have too many inside sources on, on that sort of thing, but oh. it was Batista that, that, that rallied the troops, like, no, fuck this, hire him back. Like, you're, you're fucking shit up. And James Gunn, from what I'm seeing on this commercial is or uh, trailer... That was that was hilarious. It wasn't bullshit millennial snarky jokes. Those were hilarious. The 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 bag of dicks on the fu- uh, the scattered. Uh, <laughs> I will eat every dick on this island for for freedom. Hilarious. I mean, legit, like flat out, like belly laugh type fun, as opposed to like that snarky sarcastic shit, which is really popular right now and and is you know uh, permeates. Comic books right now, like Deadpool and Harley Quinn, where, where it's just kind of a trope now. We gotta have all these fuck retarded jokes that are just not funny and just. God, what's the what's the word? It's uh. God, I'm struggling at the moment for that because I'm getting frustrated. But you're good. Uh, I I really see a movie made by a guy that was given full direction to do whatever the hell he wanted and have some fun. And and you can tell that these people are having fun on set acting. You know they, mm-hmm. they're 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 acting great, but like you can tell these people that their hearts are into it. And and when you have a troop of people like that, the hearts are into it. There's no way they're not going to make a good product. Yeah, I agree, man. I'm looking looking forward to it. Hopefully, it'll be another one in the line of DC movies that have kind of redeemed the uh, redeemed the franchise over the last. Five years, I'd say. Man. You know, you had the first Wonder Woman, Aquaman, Shazam was phenomenal. My favorite one. Yeah, I, mean, I put that in my top five comic book movies of all time. I'm going to go ahead and agree with you on that one. Like, I'd probably put it, like, maybe three or four. That I've probably watched it ten times, and every time it just gets funnier, and it just gets more yeah. enjoyable. And uh, all the, I didn't even care that, you know, that they didn't get Henry Cavill to be Superman. It was just, like, he, he, he really delivered at the end, you know? Mm-hmm. Like... No bully's gonna fuck with that kid. We'll get the bullies later. We're talking about Nightwing. Um, yep. Now, when it comes to artists in the kitchen, so James Gunn is running amok, having a great time. He, they they trust him to do what he's doing, which I trust that that's what's happening, and I hope you do too. Um, yeah. And you know, we saw it in the trailer. Uh, anything to wrap that up before we transition to uh, Justice League? No, it's freaking like I said. It, it's really enjoyable. Freaking for those who don't know, spoilers. Blah blah blah. Uh, freaking Starro randomly shows up at the end, as he had the killer kaiju. Yeah. So I'm freaking. I was like, dude, so that'll be 
you know, seeing Starro there is just like he's such a like otherworldly character because he's just so like it, it comes off he's a gigantic alien starfish and it's just cheesy as hell but i'm like i really like if anyone could pull that off and make it seem like a legit thing and make it work in that universe freaking james gunn can so i'm all i'm all on board for this dude i can't wait man we gotta we gotta make a minefields event on that one We'll get a we'll get a, a red car about Mark Minefields on the red carpet. We will we'll do Minefields on the red carpet with an Uber because uh, we're gonna we're gonna sneak some uh, flaskies into that into that theater. <laughs> <laughs> nice, <laughs> absolutely, man. I remember we uh, when Scorpion King came out, um, we were all so we, we never missed Raw or SmackDown, and we uh, 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 we were living in the dorms. Just quick little random story. Um, uh, I, I went to a Seven Eleven, and, and it was me, my my roommate AJ. There was uh, um, the dude in the he had the solo room, but his his name is Daniel, and his best friend Carlos. We'd always get together on, on Mondays and uh, on uh, was was SmackDown on Thursdays? I forgot. Uh, do they change it every? It's been Thursdays and Fridays. I think or it was Wednesdays? Tuesday for a minute. Yeah, it was Tuesday, something like that. But it, back when the beautiful people was like you know the. The, the, the theme? Yeah. yeah, Thursday Night SmackDown. It's a Thursday Night Rob Van Dam, yeah. Yeah, and um, I, 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 I was on my way back to uh, the dorms because we were going to watch SmackDown, and I stopped at 7 and had some gas, and uh, they had all these uh, WWE posters everywhere. Like, buy a... Uh, it was a it was a $7, like, you know those giant, like, trucker mugs? <laughs> For like mm-hmm. for like coffee and shit, but it was a it was a big one for icy, and it had the Rock uh, real big on one side, Stone Cold in the middle. It had Undertaker as uh, on his bike. It had Trish Stratus. It had Lita. It, like, and uh, I filled that month. I saw that immediately, and you buy it, and you get a free poster, and uh, filled that motherfucker up with cherry coke. Got back to the dorms, and my friends like, "You faggot! You bought a fucking Seven Eleven cup," and I'm like, "It was the tastiest." cherry coke i ever had in my life and by the end of the i mean they ragged on me like ha, like for like 20 minutes and then uh, of course by the end as of, they should by the of course by the end of the episode uh what 7-eleven did you go to mm-hmm. we went dude i shit you not i i showed up 10 minutes before smackdown started by the time we left after smackdown ended the 7-eleven i was at was completely sold out of them we went to we went <laughs> nice. to nine Seven Elevens, probably more, no exaggeration, until we found every one of those motherfuckers a fucking cup and a poster. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, and uh, we uh, I always have a messenger bag on me. When we went to see Scorpion King, uh, it was me and my buddy Carlos, and uh, we filled up our cups. I put like them in my bag, walked real, and we stopped at Seven Eleven. Uh, I'm sorry, McDonald's. Got a bunch of burgers, put them in the middle, and. Uh, as soon as that that light went off, man, we pulled our giant ass cups out with the rock on them and a pile of burgers. <laughs> like to, to, we were we were not missing. We were it was opening night. The Scorpion King. Hell no, were we not going to be celebrating? And we had our little flaskies. Nice. Tonight we dine like kings, dude. It was it was it, we were celebrating the rock. We were so proud of him. We we loved the guy so much. And like it always so surprises me when people are like, oh, he's the rock, and like. No shit, dude. <laughs> like, he's been the Rock for thirty years now, guys. Come yep. on, twenty five, legit. Mm. I think it was ninety six he debuted. Ninety six. So twenty twenty five years. Rocky, Rocky, Rocky. Ugh. Yeah, they, they definitely were saying that when he debuted, but <laughs> no, they were not. What was he the, the Samoan? <laughs> what was he the? 
No, he was just the third generation super, the first ever third generation superstar, Rocky Maivia. He was the Samoan Ultimate Warrior. <laughs> Pretty dude. He had that chia pet haircut and freaking whatever that top was. Oh, yeah. it was bad. It was bad. Finisher was a shoulder breaker. Oh damn! You remember nobody that? Nobody uses it, dude. Nobody uses a shoulder break. I think Sammy Callahan uses a shoulder breaker now, just as like a setup. Is it because he's fat now? Nah, he was fat before. Just freaking, he just—he's <laughs> Sammy Callahan. He just kind of does what he wants at this point. I fucking love Sammy Callahan, man. I was really hoping that he was going to come out on AEW because Mox was his bud, man. We do that tag team again, man, from uh, CZW. Oh, Switchblade Conspiracy. I remember oh. them, dude. Some of the best promos in wrestling you at the time. Read my fucking mind, man. Some of the best promos, man. Like in in I mean, they, you could like in, in the harken back to what I was talking about. Two bros just doing what they're doing, and you know, yep. leash leash let off. We got James Gunn, leash let off, man. He's he's making this fun, quirky, uh, psychedelic, fucking kick-ass suicide, the Suicide Squad. And then on the other end of the spectrum, we have Zack Snyder, who is also a true artist, but more in the fine art as opposed to more contemporary, like graffiti type art. Which I would like. Uh, not that anyone is better than the other. But, but different, you know, different flavors of ice cream. Different flavors of ice cream. And we got Zack Snyder, who, man, what a redemption story, man. And uh, for uh, listeners that don't know, uh, Snyder was directing this movie until uh, his daughter committed suicide. And then he obviously had to, you know, put the kibosh on directing and go take care of business with his family. And then they brought in Joss Whedon. And then after, you know, we, we all know, you know, he, that Whedon's pretty much buried now. Um if you hadn't heard the Buffy stories, um, that, you know, that he made, he made shit pretty, uh, not okay on set, and, you know, the, we got the cut we got, I didn't hate it, uh, the more I watched it, I like it, but then all of a sudden we get this fine artist that is allowed to do whatever he wants, because if the cat's already out of the bag, he's got all this, he's got all his footage, and now he can do literally whatever he wants. It's like, you know how many times when, when we record or I say, and I tell people it's an infinite campus, have fun. You know, we're, we're not on a finite amount of, of film or, um, camera recording, you know, like we'll just, I'll just, you know, pop this SD card out and pop another one in and we can talk for another eight hours or something like that. Yeah. And cook it, just one cook in the kitchen. Doing what he wanted to do. Um, can you tell me your first initial thoughts when you first started watching the show or the movie? No, it's kind of you know, it was, like I said, it was definitely a different opening to be sure. But uh, I was kind of like I said, I was just kind of willing to give it a chance, really, because you know you knew there was going to be a a lot of the same footage, but it was there were definitely it was definitely utilized differently. Completely. And I just kind of sat down late and kind of kind of my whole plan was just to kind of get through as much of it as I could. Because freaking it was you know four hours movie. Yep. So I mean it was definitely it definitely worthwhile. Definitely freaking I enjoyed watching it. It was I, I found it interesting because like like I said it ended up being two even utilizing so much of the same footage it ended up being two completely different movies like the entire plot was different. Completely. So I thought that was really really interesting to kind of look over I guess. How how excited were you that Cyborg was the main focus? No, nah, I thought it was cool. I just thought he was, you know, pretty. That you could kind of tell in the original movie. I kind of felt like, like me personally, I kind of felt like he was definitely a big, 
big time player. They were trying to really establish him. But I kind of like I, I like the I one of the big things I hated about the initial the theatrical release was the way they utilized the Flash because he was just comic relief and he didn't really like I get that he was new, but like they played him stupid and I'm like you know Barry Allen the character was always you know crime scene investigator and a focused dude because of everything that happened between his mom and his mom being murdered by his dad, even though it was actually, you know, reverse flash and like all that. And he was just trying to get his dad off. And like, it just kind of, it seemed just like he was just there to be funny. And I hated that. And I liked, I did like the fact that they kind of gave him more, they fleshed him out a lot more in the, in the Snyder cut. They kind of they, they had the scenes where he visited his dad and he's a detective. You know, he's, he's, he's working for the cops now. Yeah, he's trying. He's trying to you know, like I said, he's trying to free his dad and you know he ends up saving uh, a woman that'll end up being his freaking you know longtime love interest in Iris West. Iris West, I got underlined. I got it underlined here. Iris West! Exclamation point! Exclamation point! Hell yes! Yeah. Set that shit up. So I mean, I thought you know, Flash definitely got a hell of a. You know, I don't think it was an, an intentional redemption story, but for me personally, being a big Flash fan, I, I much, much, much preferred the Snyder Cut version of Flash. Oh, agreed, because they took out a lot of the snarky bullshit comedy I was talking about that I don't like. No. Yeah. Like the D-bleed. Give me a fucking break, man. Uh, like, or, or just save one. Like, like what a contrived little moment there. Like, they, they I'm so mm-hmm. glad they took care of that just took out the just save one thing and then we got the true flash we got time travel baby <laughs> yeah that was that was definitely like oh that's awesome oh we got time travel and like and we we know we got that little tiny little taste of it and like it really drove me nuts about um the original cut was the you know we got that hint for flashpoint yeah but like that, that made no sense to even hint at that yet. That, that's that's like, I mean, I was a little bit like a little perturbed at the fact that they were using Doomsday so soon. Like, uh, like in, in my mind, uh, Doomsday should have been like, like that. That's a story for like ten years from now. He's too new. I know. Yeah, build him up. Put him against. Put put you know, use Zod. Use freaking Parasite. Yeah. You know, there's Brainiac. there's any number of yeah Brainiac. There's any number of infinite freaking supervillains you could utilize, freaking in a, in a you know the, a, a Superman trilogy, yep. to really establish how you know somebody that can take on this guy, you know Mongol, you know bring out people Ooh, that can freaking Mongol. really push Superman to the limit without having to you know rush right to the guy that freaking killed him. Right. Exactly, and in, 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 in it's like busting. It's like bringing in freaking Bane for the first Batman movie. Yeah, dude, take me to dinner first, like you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tell me I'm pretty. Tell me I'm pretty. Dude. It's not it's not straight to the business, um, man. And, and like I mean, just like just reminiscing, like how upset I was that they brought Doomsday in, like because they they ruined the like the best part of Doomsday wasn't. <clears throat> excuse me. Wasn't just the like if, if you remember Super Nintendo seventy five from early nineties was mm-hmm. the my well my favorite part was the the Dan Jurgens doing those epic splash pages man and oh yeah it wasn't the death of a the someone's pal someone's son you see Martha and Jonathan crying watching their son die on TV like I mean choked yeah. up. 
you know, this is the day a Superman died. Like, that was, it wasn't a cash, it, it probably was a little bit of a cash grab, but it was a, I mean, Dan Jurgens. It was a well-told cash grab. Well-told cash grab. I mean, Dan Jurgens, I'll trust him with anything. And, and, mm-hmm. and I've got so many copies of that. Um, I've got my uh, black bag in my uh, safe deposit box. Just because it's only worth eighteen bucks, um, maybe nineteen, depending on the condition of the poly bag. But like, I, it's one of my favorite things that ever happened to me. <laughs> like, yeah, like I got that for Christmas one year, and it was just like I mean, I got like you know you get your big Santa present, and no, that getting that black bag Superman, it was I, I couldn't put it down. <laughs> I yeah, couldn't, I couldn't put it down, and they you know I'm they love you and hold you and name you Fred. <laughs> yep. Yes, sir. And, uh, man, but so uh, back to Flash. So we got, mm-hmm. yeah, we got Iris West. Hell yeah. Set up the next Flash movie, which we might might not get the best one version. Uh, but, you know, Snyder just gave us a hint of what could happen and possibilities when you let a true artist do what true artists do. As long as you trust him and he plays within the rules. Yeah. Like, he he didn't take any liberties here. He didn't he didn't go into business for himself. <laughs> No, he he like uh, you know the, the the you remember how long the the intro shots were showing the mountains. Yeah. And and I'm just like, wow, this is like I could just freeze this and look at this for 5 minutes. Mhm. True artistry and I'm getting a little beside myself here. Um oh, you're good, man. Freaking. Yeah, it was it was it was great. Freaking! I really enjoyed it. Like it, you know, for four hours it flew by for the most part. I think I had to watch the last hour the next day. Yeah, I did too. <laughs> but it, it was freaking. It was good. Freaking! Um, I popped like a mug when freaking. Uh, you know, Mama Kent turned out to be Martian Manhunter. Dude, how could they have deprived us from that in the first? Oh, one? so good. How could they have deprived us deprived us from that in the first one? And it, it, it we only saw him for what, like two minutes, maybe three at the most. Because they, they had the part where he freaking he unveils himself outside, reveals himself outside, and then turns into uh, I can't remember his name, but he's uh, he, works I, for I, the I, government. I've got it written down here. It is uh, let's see, I'm going through all my scribbled notes. General uh, Swanwich, Swanwick. That's right. Okay, but yeah, and like he's been there the whole time, which is awesome. And then he finally he actually reveals himself to to Bruce Wayne at the end, letting him know that hey, there's something you can do. He was. I'm trying to find the actor for that guy because they couldn't have picked a better guy. He, come on, scroll faster. Let me Google this real quick. He played. Um, he played the general in the Matrix Revolutions and Reloaded. Um, oh, okay. And he, they couldn't have picked a better, rock hard, stone cold, badass. Yeah, like, like just like, especially because I like re- remember him from those movies. Like you know, like uh, I don't know how much you remember about the Matrix Reloaded. Like you know, the Nebuchad- uh, the the hammer bursts into the uh, into Zion. They they pop the fucking uh, EMP and like yay! And he's like yeah, I'm, uh, like you know you you know, fuck you guys. Like are, are, am I missing something? We just saved the dock. He's like no, you just knocked out every piece of hardware we have. You just gave it to him on a silver platter like the like and that's what john jones really is and he's always been that way and i love that about john jones yeah. and and played by that guy it just gave like so much extra gravitas to that and like he got he got we got a little bit of a john jones smile <laughs> yeah 
Uh, John, they, they, all the extra added characters, you know, freaking, we turned out, you know, they had a, you know, as far as Apocalypse goes, you had Desaad. Oh, Desaad. You had a frame or two of uh, Granny um, granny Goodness. Yes. Yes. Freaking. Desaad you know, being Darkseid's. Martian Manhunter. Desaad being uh, Darkseid's master torturer. <laughs> yeah. And, and Granny, Granny, good Granny, uh, goodness being the one that leads the fear, the Furious Five or the, the Furies, all the Dark Sides, you know, top warriors. So I mean, we got we got some definite, you know, got some Fourth World coming in there, which I'm always a huge freaking fan of myself. And then we, you know, we had the man himself, Dark Side, showing up. Oh, dude. Like the throne was gorgeous. What a what a mm-hmm. what a Spartan perfect throne for Darkseid on Apocalypse, and you know we got the sod, and 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 the, the other thing that I really popped for, and, and I it really just kind of made this huge like exclamation in my head when I'm watching Avengers, when they're you know they're they're or any Avengers like when they're killing people left and right like it's just collateral damage, no big deal. Who be nah, mm-hmm. no 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 the Justice League was there to murder Steppenwolf. There was no. They were there to murder him, and and Snyder really hammered that home. They, they, oh yeah. They they destroyed him, and rather than him just you know fall to the ground dead, you know the minions throw him in into the portal into Apocalypse, and Darkseid just steps on his fucking head the way a, a, a like kingpin would. <laughs> yeah, know? like it's just a man that doesn't care. Just you know, all they did was break one tool. He's yep. got a million more. Yep. Decide. You ready? Yeah, I'm cool. I'll be there in a bit. <laughs> like yeah. should have sent you first, dog. <laughs> um, Steppenwolf's armor, I couldn't stop looking at it. It was so distracting during the Amazonian fight. It was gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like obsidian, like the obsidian shimmer, and then uh, the destruction of the the temple in uh, uh, Themyscira. I mean, the, the, yeah, all these great exclamation points that just like. It makes you invested in the characters that you are tr- you are currently watching, as opposed to like, oh, I like Spider Man; he's saving people. No, no, no. You, like uh, the down to the like person that barely understands English to someone that's got a PhD degree. You're gonna find someone in this movie to relate to that you're gonna laser focus on. And if you don't do that in a book or in wrestling. That you can't make enough characters that uh, enough for people to to find their guy. Don't don't you just pop when you're like watching someone that, to first the, getting into wrestling and they 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 find their guy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, especially like my kid and whatnot. Even you know he finds the ones he really likes and you know he he's freaking sold for a while on them. So it's always a good thing. Man, Mr. Connor C. Man picking out Mr. Uh, God. Wow, I've never met a Christian fan. <laughs> yeah, dude, he loves. I don't know how he got into Christian originally, but he loves Christian. Christian, uh, he was real big on Moose for a while. Uh, Riho, probably his top favorite female wrestler, was his top favorite wrestler for a while until he discovered Christian, and then uh, he was real big on Keith Lee for a minute. Ah, oh, man, poor Keith Lee. He's got to get better. Yeah, freaking. Hopefully, he's back soon and freaking, you know. Freaking making getting the fans into it. By the way, before we get distracted, before we talk more Justice League, man, best of everything. Haven't watched it yet. I know it's happened already, but Dak Draper, our, our friend of Minefields, your homie, against uh, Jonathan Grisham tonight. Oh yeah, dude. I just want to see the. I want to see the visual, man. Freaking, I think freaking Dak's like six five, six six, and then 
you know, freaking Grisham's a shorter dude. So I just want to see, I want to see that stare off, just have them like right in the middle of the ring looking at each other. I'm just hoping that's how they start it and freaking hopefully, hopefully Big Dak will bring home the gold wrestling for the, uh, the Ring of Honor pure title tonight. I hope he brings it home, man, because he deserves it. And you're, you're, you're hoping for that good ass stare down. I'm hoping for that good ass lockup. The, yeah. Once I see a good lockup, I mean like a solid lockup, especially after watching you train people, I mean like it's like, ah, no, I want that solid lockup. I, w- I want to see that ferocity at the moment. Like, uh, it's really not, no bullshit heel shit. Like, you know, we're here to do some, we're here to do business. Like, you know, when you're doing like Greco Roman wrestling back in, back in high school shit, you know, you're, you know, you get that two and two, you know? Yeah. Well, that's the thing, man. You gotta you gotta start them off right, and a good freaking a good solid lockup or a good little sequence can really kind of let the fans know they're in for something special that night. Yeah, and that that's just basic storytelling, basic yeah. great storytelling. Like like just like once like once two Goliaths collide, and and there's the back and forth, and it it, it happens so much in in uh the the Snyder cut man like i was so much happier with uh arthur first uh encountering bruce wayne the, like the, this that that was actually one of my favorite moments is like the as opposed to like that little like cat and mouse shit they did in the original cut like no mm-hmm. no he's getting choked up against the wall <laughs> here's the money the emotions of that kid he takes the money like like yeah yeah let, let's let, like it, it had so much more. Like, he wasn't that zany guy that was partying. Like, wee, I'm flying. <laughs> or, yeah. you know? No, he wasn't the bro anymore. No, 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 no. And I love Jason Momoa, man. I like anyone that can. Uh... Anyone that make Aquaman sound cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he might be the coolest guy this side of the rock. In all honesty, don't get me hopeful that he'll start wrestling. <laughs> oh, I'm not saying that at all. I'm no, just, just saying freaking he might just be the coolest guy on the planet that's not the rock. Oh I mean, but... like way down Kurt Kurt uh freaking uh Kevin Hart might be like fourth or fifth. <laughs> By the way, you know that their uh, uh principal photography just started uh filming on Black Adam. Oh really? That's awesome. Yes. We're That'll dude. be interesting to see what they do with that, because apparently they're gonna bring in the uh, the Justice Society of America. Dude, we gotta start finding some we gotta start going. We gotta start making a, a list of just some gems to find before they, before they escalate in price. Not because we want to sell them or anything like that, but you know, just get, like, in in my opinion, comic book collecting isn't like, oh, I'm gonna sell it later. Or, I got it because it's special because everyone says it's special. I I, mm-hmm. I, I feel like I'm collecting relics. Okay. Does that make sense? Like it's but go on. Like it's the first print. It's not not just because it's the first print. Uh, it, even if you got a second print, if it was the first one you got, it's still special to you. And and yeah. And what matters is that this is the the first time you imprinted on something, and this is this is your dude. This is it, it's physical in your hands. Like uh, like when when my comment comes out, I don't want. I'm gonna be really excited to sign anything that anyone will ever want to me to sign. But yeah. I'm I'm gonna be more excited for someone to hand me the beat up ass readers copy they've had for years they've read six seven thirty times um yeah because it's it's special to them and that's that's what i'm really looking for not not just uh oh it's gonna be expensive later on i don't give a shit about that uh, I'm, I'm collecting relics i'm collecting history yeah um okay speaking of history man i popped like a motherfucker for the the legit 
return of Superman out of the Kryptonian tomb uh, with the cape, black costume. Yeah. I love that. That was awesome. I felt like I felt like they gave they definitely you know Snyder cut down the time to do it, but they really gave him more of a uh, more of a comeback story, and it really kind of played out a lot better. Like that's that's what the DCEU or yeah DCEU needed. They needed freaking that. They need that long board storytelling. That was always the biggest issue. It was like oh man, we got super, we got uh, Batman or we got uh, Superman. Boom, we're doing Superman versus Batman. Boom, we're doing freaking Justice League. Yeah. Like you need that long you need that long form storytelling and you need those movies that aren't that are actual just good movies on their own and not just spending half the time of the movie setting up the next two movies. Yep. Cuz while you need some of that, you don't need that to be the focal point of the movie. Agreed. Cuz then it's just a gigantic commercial for a movie we may or may not ever get. Dude, and it, it's it, it just harking back to wrestling. Like you can't just keep giving the the fans what what writes itself or what you think that they want. You you gotta yeah. you gotta challenge them. You gotta give them, you gotta give them a slow burn or at least you know like I said earlier, like kiss them on the mouth first, take them to dinner. <laughs> yeah. Maybe um, try to pat their butt while you're slow dancing. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, like, but no, no more frisky than that. Yeah, just a little, you know, room for Jesus. <laughs> for Jesus. Uh, oh, the spirit of the Lord. Spirit of the Lord. I fills me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean that's that's the thing, dude. You just gotta you you know you, you gotta tell a story. You know, freaking that's the whole thing. Don't just don't just give me teases for freaking f- the future. Tell me a story now that's gonna get me invested and give me characters that I'm gonna care about. Like that's always been the biggest problem with the DC. You know, freaking. DC universe with it. It's like, just give me, give me a solid. I mean, that's why Shazam worked so well. You felt bad for this kid that just freaking all he wanted to do was freaking find his mom. Every and when he when, when she finally freaking did, when he finally did, she didn't care. She didn't give a shit, and she didn't even fucking remember the compass. Yeah, she did. And freaking, then he realizes, you know, freaking what is you know, real people that cared about him, and that's. You know, he was able to freaking utilize that to, you know, save the day. Every single character in that movie mattered. Like, and yeah. and, and if uh, if it was a Marvel or DC movie, they would have built up the little girl. Like, uh, you know, I'm 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 a sister. Darla. Yeah, they would have built her up and 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 marketed like no, they 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 perfectly placed her. She was perfectly written. And man, like, I gotta tell you, man, I started crying when they all hit the. Uh, Hilda Staff and said Shazam. Like, like, how did how did I not see that coming? Like, like as a writer that you know can't watch. Long Say my order, name, Billy. <laughs> Billy. <laughs> and like, the other one, the the fat guy, the fat Hawaiian guy. That's the the foster dad, the 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 cute, mm-hmm. the, and, and like all the little things, like their their old ass house. Like I, I yeah, I, I, I see houses all the time. And I love houses. The character it was an old ass house from like probably like the '30s, and it had character and history, and it had meaning in every little bit of it. Like you know, they're they're slaving over the tree and and worried about Billy. And you know, we're, 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 just just rewind. So we talked about black suit, um, Willem Dafoe uh, as uh, as Volko man. 
<laughs> oh yeah. Wow. Yeah, give, give, now we know how he got the trident. The the the, the handoff. Uh, Willem Dafoe is one of my favorite actors of all time, man. Oh yeah, no, Dafoe's excellent, man. Everything from Spider, the first Spider-Man trilogy to Boondock Saints, Saints and... Uh, Antichrist. Um, yeah, every I, I can't think of anything he's ever done that 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 sucked. Like he's yeah, you he, can't fuck with Dafoe. You no, know, he can't. He's like Gary Oldman, man. That like, should be that should be a T-shirt. Can't fuck with Dafoe. Can't fuck with Dafoe. We should yeah. Dafoe. Dafoe be with you. We need to. That'll be in a minefield shirt. We'll make some money off that. I don't, I don't think we can make money off of that, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel right about it anyway. But like, oh, we're just taking money from William Defoe. No, we'll just put a picture of him on the front with a like a shitty fake mustache and that's not him. <laughs> in, in glasses, <laughs> like a like a Groucho Marx, like a... yeah, exactly, Groucho Marx <laughs> in glasses on yeah. William Defoe. <laughs> uh, so William Defoe, man, we're um... gonna get sued by William Defoe now. Thanks. This yes. is great. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on a second. We're getting sued by William Defoe. Yes, and what do they want? For you to stop selling these shirts. Okay, we will stop selling the shirts if he personally tells us to stop. Funny games, if we get that freaking phone call, we're going to end up marking out for freaking William Defoe uh-huh. while he's yelling at us. Uh-huh. Like you, you assholes sound like you're smiling right now. No, no, we're not, Mr. Defoe. <laughs> no, no, Mr. Defoe, sir. You're <laughs> not. No. <laughs> oh my God, William Defoe's talking to us. Uh... Anti-life equation, Superman being turned evil, the the ultimate end game, like the 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 the, the end game future state. Um, wow. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I dude, I totally got some injustice vibes off of that. A hundred percent. Like freaking, you know, Lois is dead. Freaking Superman is evil. Joker's on. Joker's with Batman. Up is down. Cats and dogs. You know, it's freaking. It wasn't. Like, I I get that it wasn't necessarily you know an anti-life equation and all that, and but it definitely it definitely has some injustice vibes on it. <laughs> Dark says like, where did I leave that recipe? <laughs> I swear to God, I had it on. <laughs> yeah, um, that's the thing though too. You know, people are you know people are talking about freaking you know they're not being a sequel and whatnot, a proper sequel no. to Snyder Cut. But I'm like. No, you know, no. if this if this gets over enough, and they feel that they feel that they can make money off of it, I think they'll do it. No, I think they'll do it immediately. Like they, I, mean, I think they'll, I think they'll give Snyder whatever he wants. Freaking, if they feel like it's gonna freaking, you know, make money. The whole world has been talking they'll, about it. They'll let them do another four hour freaking epic. I'll sign up for it, man. Because so I'll just be interested to see if they actually do it. Especially if now that the games changed and uh, since COVID. Uh, that you know, movies are coming out on Disney Plus and HBO uh, Max. You know, uh, yeah. we, we didn't have to worry about like taking. You didn't have to worry about taking Connor to a four-hour-long movie or getting a babysitter. Um, you could have watched it, paused it if he was getting fussy or needed to use the restroom or just got tired, and yeah. and and recouped it because we all got big ass TVs. We all got good sound systems, uh, or even the TV just has a good sound system and. We can, mm-hmm. we can recoup whenever, and we can order a pizza, have our buddies over, as many people as we can pack in the room. You know, just, yeah. like, a, just like a pay-per-view. Yeah. Just like and you a... don't have to worry about it. You don't have to worry about it if you freaking, if you want to watch two hours of it, then go to bed and try it again the next morning. You can totally have that option. Yeah. Like, and then that, that would sound great. If I was with the love of my life and 
we were watching, uh, you know, Snyder Cut, and we watched it in the middle, you know, in the morning, the the last half. Like, it'd have been great. Like, it, yeah. it, it's so much more enjoyable. And you know, obviously, I still like going to the movies. It, uh, but it's one of those things, man. Uh, let's see. So we got comic accurate. Going through my notes here, Lois Lane not. Lois Lane quitting the the planet. That was something else. Yeah. That. That was, that was excellent storytelling of how, of mourning. Mm-hmm. And it, it showed the, it, like you said earlier about the uh, the actual death of Superman comic books, this showed the aftermath of the death of Superman. Yep, we even got you know it's real world effects. We got the the semblance of the funeral for a friend. That was a big deal. That was a yeah. really big deal. Like the. I um, mean, we got the the black armband that came with uh, the uh, seventy five uh, black bag, and then you know, funeral for a friend with the, the nice uh, black uh, border over the covers, and uh, people paying really their respects, and Lois truly mourning, and, and you know, really just going to the broken, you know, memorial for or not memorial, but the it wasn't memorial beforehand, but um, you know, just everything for him, and the the conversation with. Uh, you know, Martha. Yeah. And then it was Martian Manhunter the whole time, baby. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it had an effect, you know, Mar- it kind of like, you know, Martian Manhunter was like, you know, you got to get out and live your life and whatnot. And next thing you know, he, she happens to be at the Superman Memorial when Clark comes back. Right. And, it, and part of it makes you wonder how, how many, how long has Martian Manhunter been behind the scenes, just subtly influencing events? Especially knowing that John Jones had taken so many years to try to learn human beings to, to like, before he really just started getting into the shit. And he's, yeah. st- he's still learning humans, and, but we got to see him in action, and, like, he was beautiful, man. Like, uh, he, I, I just, it, the rendition of him was gorgeous. Mm-hmm. It, it didn't look too CGI'd, but it didn't look, like, overly, like, you know, true effect type thing, and. It just got the point across that that's what John Jones has always been about, and we yeah, and whether you knew you've been reading the comics forever, um, you got the point of John Jones. He's studying us. Yeah, he's, he's interesting. He's a stranger in a strange land. That's a dude. That's beautiful, dude. That's that's perfect. That is absolutely fucking perfect. Exactly. Yeah, what he's is. you know last last Martian on there. You know last Martian left. But he cares. Yeah, even and he though, wants he wants people to succeed, even though he's an outsider. Even though he shouldn't, he shouldn't yeah. care. He shouldn't give a shit about us, but he does. There's something interesting about the human race, and it's like you know, with Marvel, it's like you know, like uh, all these uh, intergalactic species are like, uh, we gotta destroy Earth because it's the nexus of in, of the world. No, 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 not not in DC, not in DC. We've got so many different multiverses. Other things matter. Uh, I mean, like, we popped, like, motherfuckers for, for Future State, man. Yeah, no, I was, Future State was excellent. <sighs> to say the least. Yeah. What did you feel about the recording when Cyber got the recording from his dad? That broke me. Oh, that was, yeah, that was rough, man. <laughs> it was, and that was the thing, another, another valid point. They never really, you know, the original theatrical release never really went into... The, the relationship between Cyrus and Victor Stone. 
just you the, know they never really they never dug into that nearly as good as, as much as it could have. Just that he was angry at his dad. He was alive. Like, hey man, I did my best. <laughs> um, wow. I, I I've always popped since the original cut that it was uh, Miles Dyson from Terminator Two. <laughs> of all the people, oh nice, yeah, yeah. Of all the people, it was Miles Dyson. I, like, the, and, and he played it perfectly, man. Like he's like I I can't think of any other movies he's ever been in, but it doesn't matter. He's Miles Dyson, and then he trumped it in this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we talked about Dark Side and a life equation. That was yeah. That I mean, you're gonna bring in. I mean, it's you know, it's it's a world ender. It's you know, like if you wanted to, I guess you know, if I'm gonna I'm gonna after saying I shouldn't compare them to Marvel, you know, it's your Infinity Gauntlet. You know, that's your be all end all. That's your all. That's the ultimate weapon. If you could freaking take the anti life equation, which basically you know equals hopelessness and turns people into slaves of Dark Side if he's got the anti life equation. You know, it's, you know, it's a game changer. It's a total game changer, but there's work to be done with the anti-life equation. It's not a, it's not an ultimate nullifier or where you pull a trigger or the infinity gauntlet where you just wish it and it's, it's over. Like there's work to be done. And that, that totally reflects how I feel about why I love DC so much because you, you, you don't just love the guy because he's, you relate to him because you, you, he's got the same job as you and he just happens to have superpowers. We're, we're, we're talking, you gotta invest. You gotta spend some time here. You, you gotta research. You gotta take the time to read the comics or, or, or at least pay attention to the individual words that are coming out of their mouth as opposed to just like, you know, just filling in the blanks, you know? Yeah. No, you're not wrong. Uh... Leto's Joker. Um, you were talking about it briefly earlier, but the sense I got from the um, Batman's nightmares about the future, mm-hmm. I got more of a sense of uh, that they took they they were more borrowing from Last Night on Earth. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Joker wasn't crazy. I mean, he, uh, Batman wasn't in, like, you know, a straitjacket, but, you know, we're in the desert, and, and Joker's making a lot of sense. Yeah. And I, I love the fact that it gave Leto the chance to redeem the shitty cut of uh, Snyder, uh, not Snyder, uh, of Suicide, uh, Suicide Squad. <laughs> what? Well, I don't know like he, like, yeah, it was what it was, but I mean, it wasn't it? You know, the Joker aspect wasn't horrible, but yeah, I don't know if like it was like it definitely wasn't one of the worst parts of the movie either, though. No, I, I like their conversation. Like they they they, they had a heart to heart as opposed to like. Well, I mean, I'm just talking about Suicide Squad. Like for oh. Justice League, I thought was like the Justice League part of it. I thought was interesting, and like I said, that's kind of you know they they brought up some interesting stuff. They brought up you know. Jason Todd being dead and Lois Lane apparently being dead at that point. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's interesting to see like freaking, you know, another guy we hadn't mentioned yet is, uh, Deathstroke being there. He was actually with the team of Batman and flash and, and Aquaman wasn't there either. It was, he, Aquaman was replaced by Mira. Yep. So I'm like, you know, you've kind of got this hodgepodge, half a Justice League 
And like it, it raises plenty of questions. You know, if it's Superman, you know, Superman was, you know, on the other side. You know, was Aquaman actually dead, or was Aquaman with Superman? Uh, I don't remember Wonder Woman being there either. No. And I'm like, if you got two thirds of the Trinity on the side of darkness, you know, that's that's you know, you got Superman, Darkseid, and Wonder Woman on one side. Humanity's doomed. Completely, and that's one of the great parts about it is humanity is always doomed, but the redemption factor is always the greatest part. Like where it's like, oh man, you got some bad feedback from me. Was, but yeah, you know, like you're right, man. You know, there's always that darkest before the dawn, but it's like. You got you have all those people. It's gonna be real interesting to see how they pull it out. I mean, if you've got Batman, Deathstroke, and Joker all on the same side, there's got to be a hell of a reason for that to happen. Exactly, but it's not going to be just a we're here to you know we just arbitrarily decided to get together to you know rob the world's bank or. Um, we're here to kick ass and chew bubble gum, or we're all out of bubble gum. Yeah, it, like there's going to be a rhyme and reason to it, where half the crowd's going to be like, "I kind of think these guys are making sense," which is fine. You know, relate to the relate to the villains. It's one of the best parts about DC. You're mm-hmm. not going to get you're not going to get a relate to the villains. Uh, think about it from Marvel. Good yeah. guys kill bad guys. DC will make you think about it. Like the fact that, and I brought it up a couple of issues ago. The fact that Sinestro was the white dude from Brightest Night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> was the White Lantern, yeah. Was the White Lantern. Like that, I, I remember I was reading that with my cat. Like she, My cat used to always sit in my uh, chest when I read comics. Mm-hmm. And I'm reading that and I put the book down when I see Sinestro. You know, just like the, the bright colors because they always do so much better with the colors in DC and just the, uh, it was like blinding light illuminated the scene and almost Sinestro is the white lantern. And I got to take a couple of minutes. I went outside and smoked a cigarette. Like I, I had to calm down. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like, like, uh, okay, that just happened. I didn't see it coming. And I didn't see all the great things that happened in coming from i knew they were gonna do i knew he was gonna because i loved everything i've loved Zack snyder since dawn of the dead did you ever see dawn of the dead his, mm-hmm. his remake like, i saw it three times in yeah. the theater oh nice okay yeah uh it's, it's one of my favorite horror movies it's just the the character development every everyone mattered and that's what we got we, we got a, a true artist in the kitchen by himself inviting his uh, best friends to help with some spices and you know hold this you know pull that out and need that and and we got a true artist vision and i really hope that hollywood is gonna like uh i think these artist guys are on to something and like i always joke about like oh the the study study group loves puppies so punisher needs puppies um that those guys are gonna just get push to the background like shut the fuck up dude like you don't know anything about (laughs) comics like this guy does he's already proved himself he brought his buddies in um and to to, to hammer point home uh like when uh nine inch nails got pinned up uh picked up by interscope back in the early 90s back in 92 um when he was working he demanded like help me get out of my contract with qd records 
and he's like, I'll do my best, you know, uh, Jimmy Ryan, I think, uh, from Interscope, and he did everything he could to let this artist do what he did, because he's a producer, like Dr. Dre, like, he didn't have to pay for a producer, this guy does yeah. everything, he's got his own equipment, <laughs> he produces everything on his own, and one of Trent Reznor's uh, uh, stipulations, uh, I've got a friend I want to bring with me, okay, cool, who is he, uh, his name's Marilyn Manson. <laughs> and when Irvine got him out of the contract, he's like, awesome, thank you so much. Oh, by the way, I've been recording this record in secret for the past year and a half. Here's Broken. Um, wait a minute, hold on. I just signed you, and you just gave me a record? They had to scramble to get the money to get this thing printed because they had no idea they were going to be handed a gold record on their hands that he just happened to make. Like, here you go. Thanks for trusting in me. Snyder said, here you go. Thank you for trusting in me. Um... I'm hoping he's got a couple of friends that, like, other than James Gunn, some pe- some up and comers, mm-hmm. uh, that like, yeah, pay attention to these guys because, uh, okay, these guys. Snyder said this. Let's see what they do. If it sucks, you can it or or fix it, but at least give some true artists a chance. Yeah. Yeah. These guys aren't you know smearing shit in the walls in the fucking can, man. These guys are fucking doing murals uh, that are getting painted over and or end up like Banksy or some shit like that. Like, pay attention to the true artist, just like the way you pay attention to your wrestling storylines. Yeah. No, you're not wrong, man. I mean, that's the thing with this is like you know in theory, like the fans demanded this and it took literally years, but it finally came together and it's kind of. It's interesting to see if, you know, five years down the road, we're going to look back at this at the Snyder Cut and be like, it was a game changer. And for this, this, and this reason, you know, we might be witnessing it. I mean, it might be, you know, it might just be great and they might never do anything with it. But but they could also, you know, freaking if enough people get behind this, you know, it could be a, it could be a real source for change, which could be really, really good in the industry. And as long as people are reading more comics and buying comics for their kids, man, like, um, so many fun things. I mean, like, if you you weren't into comics and Connor came home and said, I want to read comics, he went to Muse or Ed's and they had a grab bag, 10 bucks for 100 comic books. And those 100 comic books, Connor reads a million times. Yeah. Because you remember back in the day, we we when we were kids, we didn't have money to buy comics all the time. So like we had maybe like fifty, maybe less than that comics. Yeah, and we read them over and over and over. It didn't matter. We still had comics. Yeah, <laughs> like, there, was, there, there was some good stuff back then too. Jim Lee X Men and whatnot. Jim, dude, I I rescue every Jim Lee uh, gatefold comic I find in any dollar bin I find. You know, I will I will find a good home for you. I, um, <laughs> I will like I. Any Chaos comic, uh, the other day, actually, by the way, I was really uh, happy about this. It was uh, the uh, uh, 20th, uh, uh, maybe 30th anniversary of uh, Billy Tucci's She. Uh, let me look him up real quick. Well, like, uh, did, you, did you ever read She, The Way of the Warrior? I did not, no. Uh, Billy Tucci, man, like, uh, he was one of the guys when the last time I went to Comic-Con with Colin and my buddy Chad. Um, he was there, and I had a couple months beforehand, I went to the Colorado Springs uh, Flea Market, and I found a mm-hmm. and I found a Dawn Lucifer's Halo number one for a dollar. 
a dollar. This was nice. this was Wizards' number one comic for like two fucking years, and it was like two three hundred bucks. And I found it for a dollar, and I already had like two of them. Bought that motherfucker, and I found uh, I found She Way the War number one. And it was like a month before. I went with my mom. I just you know just took my mom to the flea market like you usually do, and um, and I find Way the War. So yeah, okay. So twenty seven years ago today. That was on two days ago, and I, I handed him my sheet number one. I had a second print, uh, but I had a, a first print, and I'm like, I got this little flea market. And he 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 looks at it and he's like, "This has never been read." And I'm like, "Yeah, I got it for a dollar." <laughs> he's like, "Okay, cool." Now the he's funny because because he's a he's a he's a, a vet. He's like, "Go ahead and put some money in that jar over there for because uh, he had a." Uh, like a tip jar for vets. <laughs> oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I put it. I put twenty bucks in there. <laughs> I thought he was gonna charge me something. I put twenty bucks in there, and Colin and and uh, Chad put twenty bucks in there, and he sat and shot the shit with us, man. And that was uh, Tia Carrera was on board to play she for a really long time until that got shelved. Ah. I used to love her. She, she forget. I remember she was in a uh, Wayne's World and mm-hmm. True Lies, if I remember correctly. True Lies, you are absolutely correct, Mister Morales. Uh, but we got some comics to talk about. Do you have anything else for Justice League, man? Because we, we we've we've gone on for about like forty five minutes and we barely even deemed the surface of that. I'm just I know. Hey, man, it's like like um, I said that one one of the biggest changes that I thought was super interesting for if they do ever do a sequel is a. Uh, no, the Deathstroke at the end coming on the looks like oh baby setting up new Batman. No, initially, initially it was setting up like the uh, theatrical release was setting up Legion of Doom basically. Legion of Doom. But you know they totally changed it for uh, Snyder Cut. Yep. And just, you know Lex Luthor ends up telling yeah he ends up telling him what Batman's real name is. Yep. And freaking you know. You know, again, another another possible total game changer if they decided to actually, you know, pursue that. You know, because I've heard rumors here and there that Affleck's reconsidering coming back as Batman at some point. Dude, he has to, man. Uh, he's actually my favorite Batman. Yeah, he, he was solid, man. Freaking, you know, I'm, I'm an old Keaton boy at heart, but freaking, you know, Me too. Bat- Me too. Affleck Me too. is freaking. Affleck was freaking super solid, like freaking way better than. You know, way better than a Clooney, or I'd even you know put him above Kilmer, obviously. Of course. Freaking uh, but uh, it'd be interesting to see what he could do in a full-length Batman movie that only you know only featured him as the only hero. Don't forget that Affleck was the bomb in Phantoms, yo. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was coming. Had to. Had to. Had to. Phantom like a motherfucker. Phantom like a motherfucker. Dude, like, that that was, like, no joke about that. Like, it was like, these gentlemen are correct. Pat Affleck was the bomb. He was, in fact, <laughs> the bomb in Phantoms. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thou hast spoken that he has been... <laughs> whatever language you're talking about, the Phantoms was the bomb. <laughs> Uh, I'm just happy. He's in fact the shit. He's in fact the shizit. He, <laughs> he's his his fly to whack radar leans heavily to fly. <laughs> 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 uh, 
<laughs> he is faux shizzle, my nizzle. Oh, dude, he is the Dr. Dre to my Eminem. <laughs> we can keep going. Man, but like, no, I, I, I got nothing. I, I'm, I'm hoping that this, that this is opening the doors. Like, uh, I think we need to listen to these artists. Yeah, I mean, it'll be like I said. If, if it gets enough, if enough views or whatever, freaking, yeah, maybe we'll get that sequel. Maybe it'll be, you know, another four hour epic. Dude, it's see Joe, what happens. It's Joe Manganiello. Like that guy's like he played Flash Thompson. Did you know that? I did. Yeah. He played Flash I, Thompson. He, I remember. He was, I was in there. True Blood. Oh, I was there too, man. He was in True Blood. He, he, dude, the guy was the guy is fucking cool as ice that he married Sofia Vergara. Uh, yeah, you're not gonna accidentally marry <laughs> Sofia Vergara. She's got. Some, There's the uh, one guy from Saturday Night Live that randomly married freaking Scarlett Johansson. So. Yeah, that would be Mr. Colin Jost. Uh, if you've got yeah. if you've got the ganas and you got the writing chops and you got the shit behind it, you're gonna get the girl. Apparently, shoot, <laughs> worked out well for him. Yeah, I just, I just hope the 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 doors open like that. They're gonna pay attention to some artists and let them do what they're doing, rather than just. I mean, James Gunn's been in the works since the mid '90s, man. And um, yeah, I, I don't know if you know this, but um, not James Gunn. What's is the other guy? The the dude that fucked up Star Wars. Um, Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> no, the the director. Uh, <laughs> um. Why am I spacing on his name? He's one of the other super directors. That's not uh, that's not um, Joss Whedon or Zack Snyder or Spielberg. No, God, I gotta Google some shit. Ah, I've had a little bit of Cavassier tonight. A little more than a little bit. Dum dum dum. I'm a dum dum. I hear you, dude. Freaking everyone listening is gonna be like. Writer, not director. How drunk is he? No, I'm not drunk. Oh. I'm just nicely. I'm nicely. JJ Abrams. JJ Abrams. Uh, JJ, did you ever oh, watch that guy? Did you ever watch a, a movie called Regarding Henry with uh, Harrison Ford? Never even heard of it. Uh, he is a, uh, a really high end like lawyer, and he's going to get a pack of cigarettes. And John, John Lee Wazamo playing his first movie role. Robs the store and puts a bullet in his head and effectively reduces this oh, guy, wow. reduces this guy to a child and he he's in the psych ward and he gets his he gets his marbles back but like he finds out that like he's a uh, he was cheating on his wife um, like uh, Abrams play the pizza delivery guy um, this this was a really good movie man like I really suggest watching it it's called Regarding Henry and. Uh, if if Colin was online right now, we'd be. Uh, I I wouldn't have brought this up if Colin was online right now because if he was, we'd spend the next forty minutes talking about regarding Henry. <laughs> gotcha. Um, if you ever if that ever pops up, um, it's 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 a really heartfelt, serious movie written by a good artist. Nice. Uh, not that I consider J.J. Abrams a good artist if we Star Wars, because he said, oh, you know, you got to satisfy the fans. I can't satisfy anyone. And then, you know, I saw that meme with uh, uh, John Favreau, like, hold my beer in Mandalorian. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> but, uh, let, dude, let's go straight into... Uh, that's all I got for uh, Snyder Cut, man. Let's go straight into uh, some Nightwing, man, because that was heavy hitting. That was probably my favorite... Favorite issue of Nightwing I've ever read. 
Yeah, it was a solid issue, man. Shoot, let me take a look here. Yeah, so we start off, we see uh, somebody getting bullied by a couple of rich kids, and a young redheaded girl decides to step in. And, you know, then a, a gentleman comes in, and it ends up being a young Dick Grayson in high school. He ends up fighting these guys, him and the, the girl together. And uh, a couple of rich kids thinking they're better than this kid and turns around and the cops show up and they're like, the, you know, the rich kids are like, oh, there's nothing you can do to stop us, blah, blah, blah. My dad owns the cops. Out, My yeah, dad owns the cops. <laughs> and then turns out her dad is the cops because it's a young Barbara Gordon. Young Barbara Gordon with freckles and everything. And we've got Detective Gordon, you know, like hoisting up his belt. <laughs> dad? <laughs> And, and and I love the fact that like, despite the fact that we don't know who that girl is, the fact the second we saw that panel, oh that's Barbara and and that's that's Commissioner Gordon, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, you know exactly where this is going, <laughs> right? Exactly where it's going. I I love the discourse in uh, in Dick's head while this is while while it's going on. Like, you think you got problems? I, my name's Dick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My name's Dick. You, 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 you're doomed from the beginning. I've always, I've always gone off on that. It's like, you know, if you're gonna name a child, you really got to think about, you know, is this gonna be a name that he can, that that no, that child can live with, and is it gonna be something, you know, could there be names that you could make fun of for him and whatnot? There was a episode of The Simpsons where uh, when Marge and Homer were picking out their uh, wedding rings. Yeah. And uh, Marge is already pregnant with Bart, and uh, she's like, "I was thinking about naming him Bart." And he's like, "Hold on, hold on, we got to think of some bully names." <laughs> I was thinking that that's the first thing I thought of too, dude. I remember that it was like Art, Cart, Dart, Yart. Uh, I can't think of anything else. Yeah, I was like, it's like if he had one more finger, one more finger, <laughs> his name would have been John. Would have been John Simpson. Yep, it would have been John, and he he knocks these <laughs> dick just. N- perfectly what would you that's not an uppercut like what would you call a headbutt to the to the to the inverted headbutt (laughs) that wrestling knowledge baby teeth oh yeah teeth in the air and we got that homely looking barbara and getting pulled up to wayne manor man and 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 we get that the handshake man that that really hit me hard like was that the first time I, de- I definitely don't think it was the first time because they'd already adopted, you know, Dick already lived there and freaking, you know, Detective Gordon, if I remember, was one of the first cops on the scene when Bruce's parents died. Yes. So him and Alfred were definitely acquainted with each other, I would think. But it's really funny to just watch, like, you know, after all that, you know, Dick just walks in and just starts doing the dishes. He's, he's And, you he's know, a- Alfred's just like, that's my job. He's a poor kid. You know, he's just over here like, you know, I, yeah, he grew up and he's just like, I just want to help out. You know, and that's kind of the whole purpose of the first part of the story is that, you know, in his heart of hearts, freaking Dick Grayson just wants to help people, you know, no matter what, uh, what station in life they find themselves in. You know, this uh, reminds me of one of the reasons I like about you is that I know that you, you and I had a similar upbringing and that you're not leaving a house after eating at someone's house without at least attempting to do the dishes or try to clean up. Yeah. Like, like that's just how we were raised. I, I, I'm not comfortable. I'm, I'm not doing this to seem like a, a chivalrous man. 
just let me do a couple of goddamn dishes so my mom doesn't get mad at me, even though she's not here. But <laughs> <laughs> she will know. She, she will, will know. She will know. And and then the the heart to heart here. He's like, you know, Master Bruce may you know, Master Bruce may feel you should only be a hero wearing a costume, but I'm glad Dick Grayson steps up when someone is in need. It takes a different hero to help without a mask. He took his licks like that. Yeah. Like he was. He knew he was gonna. He's gonna get an ass beaten, but he was not gonna let that boy get his ass beat by himself. And that 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 just is resounding. And then and then we get into this like like the the next scene like this perfect sky. Like by the way, drawing skylight scenes like this is a son of a bitch. And just to, yeah. just to perfectly accentuate him jumping into into the sky. Uh, with the moon, uh, with the sun setting, and then we get to like I, I tell you, man, I've seen American Psycho a million times, but I fast forward every time he he stomps that dog, and they are yeah, <laughs> uh, they are they're about to kill. No, it's just a different, there's a different guttural guttural instinct when you see somebody just hurting a poor defenseless animal. Yep, there's just a different, there's like a different reaction. It's equivalent to like kicking a kid. Yeah. You know, it's just that different, like one of the things that really, really pisses me off is just watching somebody bigger than somebody else just get bullied. Oh, yeah. Like when, when someone, when they're, you know, bullying some small in the defenseless guy that can't, can't handle his own. And like, that just, that just pisses me off on a level that I don't, that I'm not, I'm, I'm just not okay with, you know, I'm freaking, yeah. if, you, if you're at least fighting somebody that has a chance, you know, you do you, whatever. But like when you're picking on somebody smaller than you, and you're just like, it, it makes you feel like a big man. Like just there's just a guttural version of "fuck you" that I can't describe. No, that's uh, like I've had I've had to step in, especially you know, wrestling and whatnot. When a guy freaking bigger than somebody else just takes like takes advantage of somebody, and you're just like, well, you shouldn't do that. No. And and you did it. Now I've got to have a reaction and. You know, I've had to tell people. I've had to tell people who I've respected. Freaking, because I saw a guy slap a kid after after a show one time, and I looked right at him, dead in his eye, and I was like, "You know, don't do that." And he's like, "Why?" I was like, "Because you damn sure wouldn't do that to me." No. And freaking, it it you know it changed his tune right then and there because he knew what I was saying. It's about you know, and freaking, there's you know, and that was that was a guy I considered a friend at the time. Oh, that's... But just you know, he took advantage of somebody that freaking was smaller than him, that was defenseless, and freaking it's bullshit. It's a, it's an like you you wouldn't do that. Like I'm not gonna go up to somebody. You know, I'm not gonna go up to you and just slap you in the face. No. You know why? You know, a you're my friend, and b like you know as a man, it's it's there's just a, a level of disrespect that goes into that that's just not right. Like it's, it, it would be the equivalent of me telling you you're, you know, you're, you're less than a man. Yeah. You know, and it doesn't like, and then if you just take it, you know, you're basically just giving me that level of control over you. Like you are, you're right. I'm not that, I'm not a man. You know, you I, know, even, even if, even if you take that ass whooping, at least you took that ass whooping. You know, I gotta tell you, man, I, I, uh, you know, the details are, but I, I just had a recent breakup and, yeah. and, uh, where old school fifteen year old me would want to cower, I'm like, man, I got responsibilities. Yeah, I can't face Morales. 
crying like a bitch over some fucking girl? I got. I'd give you. I'd give you like twenty four hours or so. Oh yeah, I mean, you heard me that. <laughs> after you, that, yeah, after yeah, that, you, like, you, yeah, yeah. You heard me that first day. But uh, but like I, I can't I can't face Morales crying like a bitch. No, I, like you, you let me get it out and you were cool about it, and you gave me a good yeah. story. And and we were on the level, and I'm like, man, I can't be a bitch about this shit. I've never been I've never been this strong after something like that. But I had Morales having my back, and Dick Grayson here has everyone's back, and that is a hard yeah. fucking cross to bear, man. And like, and it, typically I would see like I, I couldn't believe they would even put in a comic book a dog getting beaten. I mean, they show it getting kicked. yeah like like and hard yeah and hard uh bateman when bateman stomped that dog you only heard the snap and the and the squeal yeah but that was enough but uh they showed it and you know just him walking in and he could have beaten these he wanted to beat these guys to death (laughs) yeah the 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 restraint the the soft hand while he you know basically broke as many bones as he could with the without them losing their job the next day um, mm-hmm. and then he gets bit by the dog. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, given what's going on with that poor dog, you totally get it. Yeah. I'm I mean, freaking there. Yeah. There he is freaking, you know, he's like, I'm gonna take the dog to the vet now. I'm going to go to the ER real quick. Oh yeah. And and he'll get, get stuff. More pissed about the vet bill than getting bit. <laughs> yeah. Now the thing about that is looming here, uh, on the next couple pages here. Is, what is this? Oh, this is where stuff gets interesting. Very, dude. I mean, like uh, organized crime in Gotham is fucking gold. <laughs> like, oh yeah, it is. It this is, ain't even Gotham. This this is bees back in Bloodhaven now. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I was thinking they've that, got they've got freaking they've got a good old blockbuster back. Blockbuster. He reminds me of. Did you read Wolverine's Origins? I don't believe so. No. It, was a, it was a really kick-ass, about three-year-long story, and it wasn't Wolverine Origin, Wolverine Origins, where he had like a lot of flashbacks and a lot of like old-school tales. But um, mm-hmm. they, it revealed that uh, the guy that's been like manipulating Wolverine's bloodline since before he was born was this guy named Romulus. And this motherfucker looks just like Romulus, except he combs his hair. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. And, and, but he's in that perfect quintessential bad guy all white suit in Miami. <laughs> like, yeah. And just, just hey, you want to be mayor? Crack. <laughs> yeah, and just kills, just kills. Like, meeting the mayor underneath the bridge, freaking trying to get you know, trying to under, get the operations figured out. And mayor says one thing he doesn't like, and then bam, he's dead. Dead. And then the the assistant mayor is now the mayor, and then we find out that mayor's got a uh, rather interesting relationship with her father. Yes, sir. We find out that may that mayor is Mayor Zuko. Mayor, Zuko. we all know her father was the uh, the gentleman that ended the life of Dick Grayson's parents. Yes, sir. And Haley's Circus, all those years ago. This this was such an interesting, absolute introspective issue. Like, so he's he's getting to his apartment complex that he's bought, and we've got Oracle inside. And like, hey, what are you doing here? Like, oh, bitch, I can fucking hack anything. <laughs> what are you talking yeah. about? What are you he talking about? What I do? 
What are you talking about? Oh, there's a dog. Uh, like, and, and I love the like any other issue. If, if it had been a Marvel comic doing mm. this, I would have been like, "What a fucking bullshit cash grab!" Oh, there's a dog. No, this was yeah. a, there was this is a perfect storyline trope like, like that they did. They perfectly pulled off well. What's her name? The second she came through that window, this became her forever home. Just accept it, and he's ah, uh, fuck. Yeah. Dick Grayson, he, he loves everybody. He ain't get rid of no dog. No. Especially not a three-legged dog that was just being beaten up by a bunch of bo- guys in a parking lot. No, and, and if, if you zoom in on the uh, artwork on that page where he takes his mask off, we've got that, uh, that pixelated uh, dot matrix art going on in his hair. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's there's so many different types of art going on here, and Oracle is just man. These guys like <laughs> I want them to hook up, man. Like a, like a, it's Dick and Barbara. They've got to make it work. They got to make it work, man. Like I, I'm reading this like a fucking like soap opera. Like days are lives. I'm like, please God, maybe this Friday they're gonna get together. <laughs> maybe this Friday they're they're gonna hook up, and then. And then I'll eat. I'll eat, take point in this one. Then we get the letter from Alfred. We get the letter from Alfred. Apparently, Alfred wrote a a letter to Dick before he freaking passed. Because apparently, he you know he would just write a will every year. Every year. Because of because of the lifestyle they lived. And that's just, that. I mean, that in and of itself just makes so much sense. You know why? Why wouldn't you write a will every year? How would we not see this psyche point of Alfred that he wouldn't have done that? There's so much more of Alfred that we need to learn before they bring him back. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing. Freaking the kill. This letter goes off about you know how he felt like you know felt like Dick was a son and whatnot, and oh, you dude. know, oh, that that hit me hard. Oh yeah, dude, and freaking that, and the fact that you know, you know, freaking the Waynes left him stock in Wayne companies in Wayne Industries, and he distributed it properly and played the markets well. How did we not and, know he was not a billionaire? Yeah, <laughs> and he it turned out he was his own billionaire the whole time. But he did what he wanted to do. Yeah, and he just he just loved being part of that family and loved helping. So he just you know nobody ever knew about it until now. And and that last part where he's just like, I believe in Dick Grayson, you know, believe in the boy who always stepped up whenever someone needed him. Yep. And the man who just wants to help people, you know, and he just he just leaves these billions of dollars to Dick Grayson, you know. And at the end of it, he's just like, I'm so very proud to call you my son. Dude, did you like? Uh, I'm looking at this and I didn't notice it because I read it twice. Because mm-hmm. I, I had to absorb it because I knew you were going to hit me hard on this one. Yep. But did you notice that Oracle is holding his hand? Look how she, like, like on the upper left, upper yep. right, actually, she holds his hand out. And without even looking, he, she's just holding him. Oh, yeah. She's just, you know, he's over here trying to hold back these tears or, you know, it's, you know, freaking, you know, the woman he loves, the freaking, the, uh, the guy that was basically raged him. You know who? Uh, who else? Who else could possibly be there? But Barbara Gordon when this happened. Agreed. You know, and then we turn around, freaking the next page. You know, um, you know, there's this bald lady as the uh, as the new mayor enters the room, and she's just like, "What happened?" You know, and she's just like, "Now I'm the mayor." 
Yeah, whoever the girl, you know, the other girl is just like, "Are you ready for this?" And she's just like, "I am." And you know, they keep going. She's like, "What about Dick Grayson?" And she's and the mayor's like, "I'm not ready for him yet." So they know who he is. Oh, they know exactly who he is. So the you know, and then the the last freaking the last picture is you know the new mayor Melinda Zuko staring at a at a poster, a framed poster. Of the flying Graysons, with a red circle around Dick's face, just saying "I know" and soon. Man, I'm hoping there's some like bloodline story here. Possibly. Man, I'm hoping there's some bloodline story here. I hope there's. I hope we get a couple of. Uh... Man, if I was writing this, I would immediately cut to two issues. Strictly on Dick's parents, like being crime fighters and or or in some way being justice hunters that didn't stand up for any of the shit that Dick didn't and yeah. and and solidifying why this bitch has a fucking problem with this and with this with with him like well, that's the thing too is we don't necessarily know there's a problem no we don't that what if what if the whole thing ends up being that she wants to you know, sell the score with Dick and apologize, or... That was actually my first instinct on that one. Um, but I don't think that's gonna sell a couple of, couple of comics. Well, that's the thing, though. Like, what if, you know, what if after all this time, you know, Dick's able to get the mayor on his side? Because they've been playing up that for a while. That Nightwing wasn't welcome in Bloodhaven. You know, they felt that uh, a superhero, would, you know, with a superhero comes supervillains. So nobody wanted him there initially. So what if they are trying to flip the script and having the mayor of all people be a supporter of Nightwings? You know, that was one of my first instincts. And I'm going to agree with you because, Jesus Christ, you and I need a good, a good day. <laughs> <laughs> we, need, we need a good day. Uh, just one good day to... You know, give us a little bit of hope because, God damn it, we need it, and a lot of people do do yeah. right now. Um, obviously, it's... well, the thing, the thing is, on top of that though, too, because if, if they've got a relationship where it's a, it's a positive relationship, at the end of the day, she's only the mayor because Blockbuster killed the old mayor. Yep. And then, and then there's a story there about you know what if Blockbuster's holding that over her head. You know, Blockbuster, Blockbuster and Nightwing don't get along, obviously. That's precisely why I brought up Romulus, because he looks too similar to Romulus, uh, the, the manipulator who's been manipulating storylines uh, story and bloodlines for years. Uh, the the uh, Hewlett family in Logan, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Romulus had, like, every hand in breeding Logan um, in the Weapon X program, uh, like... Give us some meat and potatoes, man, because like right now you just give us a kick-ass appetizer. Morales and I are at uh, Red Lobster, and we just had a or, or no, no, we're at we're at we're at uh, Outback. We just had a blooming onion, and we've got we just got our stimmy, <laughs> and uh, right. we got we got a we got a uh, Uber coming to get us, and um, give us some meat, give us some hope. I want some goddamn hope. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, definitely. Give us, I mean, if anyone can give us some hope as Nightwing, man, like, and, and Dick Grayson's always been that. He's always been some good hope. 
whether it was in Hush or just, we need a good story like that's not contrived to make us feel better, but something to challenge our intellect to really like. You know when you like put the book down for a minute. Mm-hmm. I put the book down about five or six times in this issue. Oh, nice. And we get the, you know, of course we get the, you know, great advertisements at the end of DC. And it's just, you know, we get Black Adam and the interview with Brian Michael Bendis. God damn, that was yep. good. I gotta say yeah. that that's probably one of my favorite comics I've ever read in the past ten years. Yeah, no, this one was solid. It kind of, it really reminded me of that issue they did when uh, Batman when after um, Damien died and oh. the entire comic oh. book. Oh, they dude. didn't say there's not one thought bubble, not one word the whole time. Oh, dude, just, just pictures. The silent issues, man. The silent issues you can't do easily. Jesus yep. Christ, you dude, you knocked that on fucking point. That was awesome. You are yeah. so correct. You just, just when, when I talked about Walking Dead, like we got talking heads and their emotions, and but if you can pull off an issue with no, with little to no dialogue. Yep. Did you ever read the uh, two issues that Neil Gaiman wrote after Batman RMP were? Um, uh, it was in Detective Comics and Batman, where Neil Gaiman wrote it and. Alex Ross did the covers. He was already doing the covers already, if you if you remember correctly. Um, mm-hmm. Where Alfred held a funeral for Batman, specifically for the villains, and they all went and did their testimonials. Oh wow! Okay, dude, it hit horde of like horde, like just like they were not happy that Batman was dead including Mm -hmm. the Joker. And it wasn't a gimmick issue that was like uh, you'd find on a spinner. Uh, It was something that was like, if you find those R.I.P. Neil Gaiman news, I I think I I might have a couple extra because I bought a bunch. Every time I find them, I buy them. I'm a sucker for stray comics that need a good home. Um, I think I might have, I think I might have them just to give you. Um, Just those two issues. Uh, they're not worth a lot of money, maybe like ten bucks, but you know, it's still a ten dollar comic. But, but uh, when you can really and just harken back to what we're talking about with DC, we're talking about emotional uh, fluctuation, emotional vibrations, where you gotta invest and take the time, and when you do, it, it pays off. Yeah, and. and I mean, come on, man. Like, this wasn't a, a, a snowflake issue where Nightwing was beating up bullies because all the snowflakes out there want to see bullies get beaten up or get canceled. No, no, no. It was it was, it was was Nightwing standing up like little, little Dick Grayson saying, fuck you. I'm going to get my yeah. ass beat right now. I counted you assholes. You thought I said it. I counted you assholes. Um, this is going to happen. <laughs> it's going to happen. You're not yeah. gonna you're not gonna hurt that boy anymore. Or if if you do, I still tried. Yep. And that's that dude, like, it's one of the like I, I see backstage talking with guys uh that are downtrodden about a match or not getting booked. And you're backstage pulling them aside one one by one. 
Like, I signed them up with the flyer. They had a flyer to uh, post. And you went in there and you, uh, you filled the heart, dude. Like, uh, it's a good team. I'm pretty fucking yeah. psyched about it, man. I'm pretty fucking no, that's definitely where it works on multiple fronts. So that's always a good thing. I want to bring up Spider-Man, man. I, I was not happy with Spider-Man. Oh, why is that? Because they gave him a new-ass costume. Spider-Man number 61. Uh, so, J. Jonah Jameson is working for a new organization that's not Daily Beagle. And they put the money in to buy him a new suit. And he's hurting for rent because he's living with Boomerang. And Grog, uh, let me make sure I said the right word on that one because it's one of those weird alien things. Uh, going through these issues. Gog, not Grog. Um, they got this alien pet because they've been hiding these uh, scriptures that the Kingpin wants because he knows that if he gets them, it's going to resurrect life. It's going to kid and wife back. Oh, whatever stupid bullshit about it and he is in asking all of any of the New York baddies the head of Silvermane Hammerhead uh, like Shocker you name it just get me Boomerang because we know that he knows where the last piece is okay so we're zooming in on Spidey. He's got this new costume because J. Jim Jameson's like new blog and podcast. Mm. Oh, damn those podcasters. God damn those podcasters. <laughs> and uh, oh, we got a new suit. By the way, the uh, everything you're seeing we see. And while you're fighting, uh, go ahead and give this guy a shout out and say this quip this guy paid for you to say. And, uh, I, was like, <laughs> and I was like, oh my god, this is really, this is bad. <laughs> Like, I'm, I'm, I'm so invested in Spider-Man, man. Like, it's going to be hard for you to ever make me not like Spider-Man. We had Editor Delgado, colorist, Visa's Joker, my letter. We had Nick Spencer writing it, and who was the artist. It got a little zany, and... It's not Dan Slott. Dan Slott was in charge for like 12 years. And mm-hmm. and this one got a little out of hand. When Dan Slott got out of hand, I would always be like, okay, it's Dan Slott. I'm going to calm down. He's going to pay off. Like, like, like if you knew that like uh, the right writer backstage was was handling it. Just, yeah. just give him a chance and we'll pay off. And we got a new costume. It's another new costume that we've had like five of them in the past like ten years. And I don't want a new Spidey costume. Just give me a good Spidey, a good Spidey story. Because like it, it like Craven's Last Hunt. You've read Craven's Last Hunt, right? Hell yeah, I read that. That came out of the fucking blue, didn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> out of the blue. And why aren't we getting meat and potatoes like that? We're yeah. Getting, you've got people chomping at the bit. And, okay, so, no, JJ's got a new thing, and he's constantly broadcasting from Spidey's costume. And, oh, now Spidey can pay his rent with Boomerang, and 
they're gonna kill Gog uh, because they know, you know we've got we've got Bullseye with a Bullseye on Gog's head to kill the their pet their alien pet. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm not liking it, man. I'm not liking it at all. Uh, I don't I don't I don't trust Nick, trust Nick Spencer to write this. Um, Nick Spencer's written a lot of things. Of uh, I'm mistaken. He he wasn't drawing it. Uh, he's written a lot of really things I really like. But I'm not trusting. Okay. I'm not trusting this man. Like it's just we we see Spidey playing video games, selling out for you know the rent. Spidey never sold out like that, man. Just what? what? He do whatever he had to do to make the rent, but not. Yeah, no. he never sell out his own morals and whatnot. Like, no, he, if nothing else, if they can freaking you know if they can just you know view stuff from your costume the whole time. They're going to know where you live. They're going to know where you live. Okay, and they're going to know who you live with. And like, that's just, that just doesn't make sense for Spidey. And uh, he's always been kind of a little paranoid about that stuff. Agreed. And all of a sudden, now it doesn't matter? Nope. The one thing I really do love is that we've got the head of Silvermane. Like, Silvermane's practically dead from the neck down. He's literally just a head. <laughs> Oh wow! And 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 Kingpin's like, hey guys, uh, I need the last bit of this tablet. Oh, here you go. Here's a get out of jail free card. And he literally hands him a like a Monopoly card, get out of jail free card with Iron Man with wings breaking out of a of, of a bird cage. I'm like, this is gay. <laughs> like, like this is stupid. Like, like. Don't worry, I'm the mayor. I'll I'll patch it up. Like, dude, you're Wilson Fest, man. Like. You, you can't tell tell these dueling stories right now. Yeah. Right right now, Daredevil Kingpin is a mogul. <laughs> like, yeah. The, the, and this he's a bad guy, man. he's a he's a bad motherfucker. And this one's giving them get out of jail free cards designed to look like Monopoly cards. Oh yeah, do what you got to do. Um, here's your get out of jail free card. Like, literally handing him a Monopoly card. Like, I, yeah. I, we got Silvermane. We got uh, the build-up for the the new little syndicate. And Spidey's beating up the Shocker, and, and like they didn't even introduce the Shocker. He's all of a sudden in a new costume. He's getting paid to use, and he's beating the Shocker. And oh yeah, we're here to kill Boomerang. Oh, uh, why are you killing Boomerang? Oh, you didn't know? God, this was. Doesn't don't, make sense for a Spidey comic book. Don't do this to me, goddammit. <laughs> <laughs> don't do this to me, man. Like, like it's, it's one of those like where like you're like a like a four year old kid like tugging on like your uh, favorite baseball player's jersey after you get caught like corking his bat. Like, say it ain't so, Jersey. Say it ain't so. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, ah, no, 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 no. And the, the dude, the costume is whack, dude. Like, it, like you can't put Spidey in anything other than uh, Iron Man, Spider Man, or Scarlet, or regular ass Amazing, or yeah. Black. Like, you, you just can't. Everything just, even the Future Foundation stuff, it just looks so contrived and like, like, like it joined this random gang or something like that. Like, I don't care. <laughs> I, I, I don't care. Like. Yeah, no, there's only, that's one of the biggest things about Spidey is a lot of, there's so much stuff that just comes off as so contrived. Like, he's a street-level superhero. Like, he's the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, and that yes, all makes sir. sense. 
And next thing you know, there's freaking you've got you know this web of Spider-Man from all these different dimensions and whatnot. And I'm like, I yeah. just want Peter Parker to be Peter Parker, man. I just want him. Just want him. To just just kick save some purses, man. Like, like yeah, like Miles Morales is awesome, cool, great character, great legacy character. But like, do I need? I don't need 50 million Spider-Man. I don't need them interacting every now and again. Like, if you want to give me, like, an Elseworlds-style Spider-Man noir storyline every now and again, like a six-issue miniseries, cool. Yeah. But, like, you don't need a, you don't need a Spider-Verse. No. I've never, I've never, like, it's, it's cool, but it's just, it's, like, it's, it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily work. And if, if, if it comes off, if it comes off well once, they just keep going back to it until it's no longer cool. Dude, the Spider-Verse just came off as a, uh, a fix. For some shit they fucked up, yeah. And just like hey, it was a great movie, I'll give you that. Oh my but god! But it was it was it was a it was a one time only movie, Dude, unless they do a sequel, I which gotta, they'll probably do. I gotta tell you, that was my favorite Spider Man movie, man. I saw it four times in the theater. Yeah, it was all right. It was Spider Man two, but it was all right. No, I'm talking about the uh, Miles Morales one. Oh, I know. Oh, dude. Dude, that like the way they kept switching the animation, and that's what sold. I told you a million times that's what sold me on digital. Like we 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 like you gotta just keep evolving, and when it comes to evolving, man, Kid Omega. Yeah, I know, loving me. Kid Omega has been really super interesting in X Force these days. Dude, he's been perfect. He's been the most interesting character in any comic book he's ever been in. Since Grant, yeah. since Grant Morrison created him back when he was like, uh, one of the reasons I, I I really got invested in Mr. Randy Cohn is he has a Magneto is right was right st- uh, sticker on his old truck before he got the new one. Mm-hmm. Was the Magneto was right one, and all right, so this guy knows what he's talking about with comics, and we got Kid Omega, dude. The the cover alone, I mean, like, because you know how much I bitch about when. Uh, the the cover doesn't hint what's happening in the actual comic book. Yeah. What a great significance here. We we got his girlfriend, we got uh Black Tom, we got Wolverine. Wolverine. Yeah, just just reeling in, in, in his presence and and that's what's gonna happen. Yeah. What did you think of the art here? It was dirty and gross and I loved it. Yeah, no, it was good, especially um the opening little sequence with Black Tom Cassidy where he, he sees something in the forest, but he can't quite see what it is, and he can't feel it. Black Tom can he, see you, but can't sense you. Yeah. And then, like, like the in the bottom, in, like, page two, just the fear in his eyes as the very plants that he, you know, he controls, he controls. just turn on him. Dude, the the next page, that splash page, what a great splash page. The, the way Amorphous is just all, like, getting absorbed. Like, they just fucked up the main security of, of Krakoa. Yeah, <laughs> like it was nothing. You know, then you turn the page and there's Sage just sitting at this bar with Blob, serving her drinks. Dude, did you ever realize that was Blob... I never paid attention that much to the bar scenes. I didn't realize that was Blob as a bartender. Yeah, no, I, I didn't. I don't think I knew beforehand, but yeah, they definitely bring it up, and it was like, and also it looks like he's lost weight, which I found kind of funny. Yeah, that, that was. Like he doesn't appear as big as he normally does. But like Sage's up here, you know, by her calculations, she can get one more drink, 
And then he's like, you know, you're you're Dunsky. He cut her like, off. Just, Dunsky. Yeah. Dunsky. And and and, and the, the thing that confuses me after reading the entire comic book, mm-hmm. flashing forward to this now, I don't think she's in control. I think she's manipulating them because she's already in control. Because she comes back and she's drunk and they're talking about, like, if you're in an extreme mental state, whether you're drunk or in love, um, you're going to get manipulated. And I think she's I think she's fucking with the men because she was drunk. She said, whether you're drunk, she was drunk as shit, man. Blob cut you off, dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that's the thing, too. It's like, is the if maybe she's just a little inebriated with the... Whoever took over her mind already took over her mind. But freaking, you know, because she goes for that one more drink, and next thing you know, she's literally stumbling out of there, and Blob goes to help her out. She looks at him, and he just turns into this, you know, pink monstrosity, basically. Yeah, and she's drinking a goblet full of maggots and blood. Yeah. You know, apparently whatever this is has some wide-ranging... uh wide range attacks because we're looking at the uh the summer's house in the, on the moon on the blue area of the moon gene gray's over here with wolverine talking about you know late nights and whatnot because he's up drinking coffee and he's just like you know at this point what's the late even mean anymore yep and then they end up kissing and freaking she pulls gene pulls away and her mouth just tore open oh dude that was such a gnarly scene dude yeah and then Wolverine's, Wolverine's got that pink hue to him, and he looks like a monster. He doesn't even have his claws pulled out. That was that was one thing that hit me hard, was that that he looks like a monster without the claws out. Yeah. You know, and then Summer and Scott comes out, and he's like, everything okay? And then, like, you know, you come into bed, Gene, and right after she kisses this other dude, and freaking, you know, they, they leave. That's like, I think that's the only thing we see of them. Man, and we... oh, sorry, brother. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Oh, you're good, dude. What were you going to say? The one thing that really hit me hard was keeping Beast alive. Oh, yeah, no, because they, yeah, they end up, because uh, Phoebe and Kid Omega get, you know, go back to the Krakoa, and, you know, they find Beast unconscious. It turns out he's had a stroke. You know, and they, uh, you know, he's basically begging them to kill him. And they take him into this room so they can read his mind. And both Phoebe and Kid Omega are, you know, going into his head. And he's basically recalling the events of the previous night. Because Sage and Beast were working late. And Sage decides to go to the bar. And Beast is all, you know, you've been doing that a lot lately. And she asked him to join her. And he decides he wants to stay up and keep working. But he decides to take this nap. Indeed, I'll see you tomorrow time. Yes, yeah. on tomorrow. Maybe yeah. I was thinking of that. Just a wee one. Hank McCoy! What? And then, boom, child. Yep, all of a sudden, you know, ch- child beast, still with the fur, you know, gets called up to the front of the classroom in this dream and is asked to reveal all the secrets of Krakoa. And, you know, it's, it's interesting because the, uh, Whatever's written on the board, we can't actually read for some reason. No, we can't. Not I, remember, I remember hearing about that back in the day. It's like if you if you dream, you can't see words. And you so can't, I'm not sure if that's a play on that or just a play on the uh, the fact that they're secrets. 
And you also can't make up new faces. Uh, the, the, the history of uh, dreams of uh, Wiccans is that if you see faces you've never seen before, you're being haunted. And, mm-hmm. and we get the, the, his nose is bleeding. He's fighting because deep down he knows no. And he's writing in, in backwards letters. And, and Beast, God, you know, Beast, you know, God bless him. But, like, he's the one that's made the most mistakes out of all of them. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's become vicious ever since this, I thought this new series of X-Force has come out. He's been the most... You know, the most results driven. You know, they got the carte blanche, man. <laughs> yeah. They got the carte yeah, blanche. No, you see this gigantic monster, and it just looks like Kid Omega. And even Kid Omega's just like, it's me. It's, you know, that's what it is. And then Sage confirms that the uh, the brainwave frequencies look like his brainwaves. Yeah, Phoebe was a good girlfriend, man. You know, I really like the fact that they've broken from the old school where they were one mind. Phoebe's kind of broken out and developing her own character. Because, I mean, the Cuckoos are excellent, but the fact that they're developing Phoebe, I really love it. And, I mean, just because Kid Omega and I have the same haircut. Um, <laughs> you need to go pink with it. <laughs> I've done pink before. I've done pink before, but... Goddamn, like, the uh, how did you... How do you feel about the the log books when it gets all white and Hickman just starts ranting on on, on the secrets? I I like, I like I like them actually. I feel like it's a little bit more and it's almost like it's a little bit more in depth. And it's it's one of those things you know if you don't read them you don't you know it's not integral to the story. You're gonna miss but it. it's almost like, it's almost like a side quest mm-hmm. in a video game, where like if you if you read it you might pick up a little bit extra info. That could help you out later down the road. Hundred percent, hundred percent. And then we get Kid Omega going into the uh, astral plane, and we've got all these people, the, the, like the the frozen brains and bodies, and he's got his uh, weird glasses, neon glasses on, and realizes that it's like an evil version of himself that has been, from my understanding, has been uh, a coalescence of all of his resurrections. Yeah, it's been. I don't. I don't know if it's something like you know Deadpool where they you know picked up all the excess pieces of him. Oh, good point. Great like their point. Own anti, their own anti Kid Omega, because if you remember correctly, in the earlier stages of this you know version of X X Force, um, they'd kidnapped Domino. Oh, dude. And they'd, they'd stolen her. They'd taken out her eye and they'd uh, skinned her alive, basically, and utilized. Um, her her genes. Did you see those torture scenes, man? Those yeah. torture scenes were hard. Oh yeah, they were horrible. And they would take those freaking those um, skin grafts, basically graft them onto these humans, and the humans were able to access Krakoa because of them. Yep. Man, these these uh, log books, man. Uh, we get these. Uh, I don't know how many. Uh, you don't read as many X Men as I do. I read them all. But a lot of them are usually redacted. There'll be like a lot of black through it. And we're getting full access to this. And I'm really liking the fact that we're getting full access to X-Force. Which is mm-hmm. well, the one that you know has carte blanche, like we said earlier, uh, as, yeah. as given by Xavier. And 
I've never thought of what would happen if all the entities that were like just like you said, like you know, dumped in a trash can, like you know, dead, dead, Deadpool. That what what a psychic entity? Because uh, I was thinking Shadow King on this one, man. <laughs> yeah, no. Originally, I was kind of like maybe that is what it is, but no, definitely. And that's the thing too was like freaking um. No, you can you can see the the character when he's revealed is that he's got he's stitched up. Like Completely. it very much seems like it could be, um, like a thing where they picked up different body parts over an extended period of time. But of the psyche. But the thing is, if they've got, like, if they found one dead body, and this is all just one dead body, how many dead bodies do they possibly have? Well, just Kid lying Omega, around, Kid waiting, killed, like, brought together. Yeah, I agree. Kid Omega has been killed at least six times. And um, minimal. <laughs> that was the entire beginning of the arc was that, you know, every time I die because he freaking he, you know, he wants to come back bigger and better and freaking he doesn't, you know, he, he's, you know, that's, that's the best way he can figure out to do it. Man, I like this story, story arc, if they're setting up the right way, better than I like the way they set up Onslaught because, you know, it has been like 40 years since Xavier and Magneto and... And all the uh, psychic residue of of Magneto and uh, Xavier's anger coalescing, but like Kid Omega, this is this is the type of story that I hope if they pull it off right is going to pull off like uh, uh, Extinction Agenda or um, Executioner Song, where like wait a minute, what's happening here right now? Like uh, this is supposed to be just a four part series, and you're giving me a summer event. In a week, yeah. And God, the, like it's gorgeous, man. The, the, I'm looking at this like semi splash page, the broken jaw, the drool, the the elongated claws, the 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 fucked up like spinal cord in the back, and like oh, it's me. <laughs> and of course, that's how Kid Omega is gonna react. And I, I'm hoping, I'm hoping for a, a solid. Something that, that is going to kick off something, just something little, and then we get the Sage Lodge book at the back. Yeah, and that's the thing is, is you know, this character's all apparently in everybody's head. So I mean, it's it's literally just jumping from from person to person to person, and because it's in the astral plane, it really it knows no bounds. It's just waiting for basically a moment of weakness. It's almost Freddy Krueger like. Yeah, exactly. Just the dream, like, like you're happy, you're dreaming. Just give me a reason. Just give me a weak spot. I'm gonna get in. Yeah, and then bam. You know, next thing you know, he's you're you're his, and then and you know from there on in, you know, so far nobody's really survived it. <laughs> and don't forget, he's an omega level mutant. Yeah. And Not- it's interesting to see if they freaking if this if this is actually like a like where's the body. Like I'm a I'm, like I said I'm assuming it's just an astral plane thing, so but there's got to be a body somewhere that's you know basically controlling this you know there Kid Omega right now. There has to be because Kid Omega has been one of the nexus of the resurrection protocols. Yeah, and I mean if you know if they got to find that uh, that other body, what's that other body look like? You know, is this is this actually what the character looks like, or is this just a mental distortion? This is you know like the nightmare version of Kid Omega, let's say. 
It has to be, man. Like, uh, I'm, I'm loving it, man. This is the cleaner version. <laughs> yeah, so let's see. Let's see what happens. I'm definitely intrigued, though. Dude, I'm, I'm, I'm all in on this one, man. Phoebe can't wake him up. A cuckoo can't wake him up. And yeah. Cuckoo has access to Emma. Mm-hmm. We've got problems, and I just love the fact that the 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 more after Exo Swords that they're testing the boundaries of Krakoa. Like, what a great idea to go into. Like, because remember, you can't get into Krakoa if you're not a mutant. But a bunch of assholes figured out a way, and now we've got something. Uh, we've got an uh, internal problem now. Something mal- yep. something malfunctioning, and 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 it's Kid Omega Man. Like. Sign me up. Magneto was right. Yeah, I'm definitely, I'm definitely down. That's really good. Last I got on that one, man. The, uh, I really wanted to... The reason I got uh, got into uh, the girls this week was because I was trying to find some stuff to, to feed you. Because uh, you've got all my... Uh, by the way, uh, you mentioned earlier that your uh, your wife is uh, really into SNL. Mm-hmm. I've been. I haven't missed an episode of SNL since probably two thousand and two. Oh wow! Until last October, and they got oh, okay. and it got real bad. And um, but I got uh, if you guys don't have Hulu, uh, Hulu Plus, I'll give him a password so you guys can uh, log in and watch it. Yeah, I think we've got it. I'll to double check with everyone. I'm pretty sure we got it. Yeah, just cancel it. You can use mine. Uh, nope. Yeah, you don't have to worry me canceling because my sister, my mom, and my dad use it. Um, but um, the girls uh, came out. I want to say like late two thousands and mm-hmm. or maybe six. Um, it's a it's a story. You, you got to think about the the stylized ideal of like every time you it, it, like you know when you read a John Junior Jameson no not Junior Jameson. John, John Jameson John, Jr. John Ramita Jr. Oh. Um, uh, so you're talking about uh, Manwolf. Yeah, <laughs> Colin and I call him Junior Jr. Um, just because of his signature. Uh, it's a, it, you read Kick-Ass, that's Ramita Jr. Um, mm-hmm. You read Early Dazzler, that's that's Ramita Jr. Uh, you might not recognize it because it's his uh, classic style. But... Mm-hmm. Um, Lunar Brothers, their their style is very slow paced, and what happens is this guy is getting a fight with the the dude that is a sheriff that's currently boning his ex girlfriend, and it's totally okay. it's totally his fault. <laughs> like he was a son of a bitch. The girl he didn't beat her up or nothing. Like he was just he was just a drunk, and he's he gets tossed out in the street, and uh, right then there's this giant boom, just boom. And uh, he's driving home, drunk, shouldn't be driving, naked girl in the street. Hey, girl, you need some help? <laughs> like, not even, like, like sleazy. Like, you're all right? And you know, he takes her home, and she's kind of hurt. She's bleeding because she's cut, and he patches her up. And she F's his brains out that night. And uh knock at the door in the morning, and says his ex-girlfriend and her new boyfriend, the current sheriff. And, hey, we talked about what happened at the bar last night. And what happened last night? Like, you know, you kicked me out. There was a big boom. Everyone, everyone's windows got blown out. Uh, I didn't do that. Well, we need to come in. And uh, can't come in. We get company. 
and they demand entry. They force their way in, and they open the bathroom door where the girl was. Uh, he was with that last night in the bathroom, and she's currently giving birth to giant eggs that exact copies of herself are. Oh wow! Okay. And they see the girl, and they immediately try to kill her. I mean, like scratching, clawing, like like they do everything they can to protect the, uh, their ex girlfriend, and they speed off. And what the hell is going on? Oh wow! Okay. During the night, during the night, a giant sperm from hell or <laughs> or, or or space landed in a cornfield. Or space hell. Yeah, and gave birth to a girl. And that's the girl he met. She was hurt. Uh, and uh, every time one of the males mate with one of the men, the women, the girls give birth to 5, 6, 12 eggs that immediately pop out immediate replicas of the girls that immediately destroy anything with the vagina. Like, like beat it to death with their bare hands. Oh, wow. And, but also at the same time, when the sperm giant, I'm talking the giant one sperm landed in a cornfield, this, this giant dome couldn't be penetrated. Like, like imagine an invisible, uh, like, like uh, invisible woman put a, you know, just a, a sphere over it. They couldn't even dig out of it. Okay. And... Anytime any of the girls meets one of the men, they seduce him, and they F, and uh, five or six other girls come out, exact clones that want to destroy all the other women. And we get to a point where they're trapped, the women realize they're in power, and they want to kill all the men. Because none of these men can in any way stop themselves from doing the hibbity-dibbity <laughs> with these hot-ass brunettes. And it's it's not a porno. It, it, it's an alien invasion scenario where they're watching TV. They're still getting TV, and the like. The news reports is this town cannot be penetrated. There's an invisible dome. And something's going on. We can't see inside. And military helicopters. And it is like a Walking Dead situation whether, like, you know, Walking Dead, where it's like, you know, the, the real Walking Dead were the human beings. Um, the real enemy were the men. Yeah. And they couldn't help themselves. And we're talking brutal murders. The girls. Oh, wow. Okay. Brutal murders. Like, these, these women, like, 12, 15, 20 of them, like, I'm out of here. I don't want to be any of this. I'm going to go in the woods and hide. And hiding in the woods encounter 12, 15 of these girls and well, I'm going to fuck all you guys. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, uh, you can't be trusted. Yeah. And the women take torch. And that's one through six. Can't get too far into it. Um, the artwork, like, it's kind of a weird simplistic artwork where, where like, it's, uh, like where you watch or read Walking Dead and it's like the same style. Yeah, it's a lot more stylized and really downplayed. Uh, the the colors are more pastels and soft, and each issue is more of a. Uh, it's not a, 
It's not like The Walking Dead when you read it in five minutes over. Uh, more like ten minutes. Uh, a lot to take in. A lot less detail, but they're, all the details in the subtlety. Ah, uh, okay. All the details in the subtlety. And um, I've got the password. I th- I'm pretty sure I sent it to you for uh, Comixology. Uh, all you uh, minefielders out there. Um, if you're pull up Comixology, just Google the girls. Or just girls. G-I-R-L-S. And uh, you, the first hit will be Girls Complete Edition, and then Girls Issue One, and then like, but just get Complete Edition. You'll probably read it in about three, four hours, but it'll it'll hit you hard. And we'll do issue uh, second graphic novel next time because, like, dude, I've read this probably six or seven times, and I gotta say, this is one of my favorite comics of all time. Um, I, I have issue number one signed by the Luna Brothers. It's one of the few things that I actually shelled out some money for. Mm-hmm. Um, God damn it's cool. And then, of course, they, they went on to do the sword and Alex and Ada. And, um... I'm pretty sure this is a, uh... bootleg copy because it looks like some girl bent over in a shower. <laughs> That is not that is not a regular cover. I'm gonna take a screenshot of this. This is not a regular cover I've seen. <laughs> um, until it is. Until it is. But uh, I, dude, I say we do Old Man Logan next week, man. I'm down. I'll have to pull it out and reread it. Shoot. But I'm always down for some Old Man Logan. Dude, uh, I, I give my uh, my sister bought it for me. Uh, it's one of those, like, you get those good moments when, like, your family is, like, love you, and, like, you're walking to the comic store, and, uh, it was, like, Valentine's Day, and, like, hey, sister's here earlier. My sister's here earlier? Yeah. Yeah, she was asking what comics you want. Okay. What do you want? <laughs> I told you you've been eyeballing that, uh, Derelixon, uh, Walking Dead action figure. I sold to her. Um... I always bought my sister something cute for Hol- or for Halloween or Valentine's Day, and it was Valentine's Day. And we were living the other time, and I got her, uh, like, bunch of chocolates. And she oh, I uh, got your comic, uh, your, your present earlier. Just uh, gotta go get it. <laughs> and uh, and it was a Wednesday, and, uh, yeah, he ran a surprise. He, she, she got me that uh, Dereliction First McFarlane figure. I sold it for $180. Oh, Wow. Yeah, it was the worst sculpt ever. A baby arm, <laughs> like it was just dereliction. It was, and uh, you care ever sell it? I don't give a shit. Sell it. I paid fifteen dollars for it. S- sell it, bitch. And uh, uh, <laughs> with uh, old man Logan uh, walked in the comic store at Tommy Pop uh, before I was uh, frequenting Speeding Bullet over in Norman. Just a today. All right. <laughs> Yeah, I told her you've been eyeballing that uh, old man Logan hardback copy. That was like thirty bucks, dude. That the the hardback copy she got me the hardback copy. Uh, nice, dude. It's got this beautiful, beautiful wrap around Steve McMillan. Like it just, it just, it's gorgeous. And uh, the hardband under it is all white with uh, holographic uh, blue Wolverine, like old school, early nineties logo not the big giant w just the solid uh just uh dude we get we got to do old man logan this week i'll do i'm down like i said i freaking i got it got it here at the house so i'll definitely take a look at that one shit i'm gonna read it tonight <laughs> nice 
Dude, when when he breaks down at the bar with Hawkeye, mm-hmm. and the the whole story for the breakdown of what happened, and God damn. <laughs> That's all I got for this week, man. What you got? Um, I think um, they were good to go with that, man. Freaking good times. Freaking, I feel like we could have ranched another hour on Justice League and still barely touch the surface. Dude, we could probably pull a whole other hour or two. Just, like, the conversation with Martha, or as Martha, like, the idea that he would have to possess her or, or pretend to be her just to inspire Superman. Mm-hmm. And it's like I said, dude, it all goes into the whole fact about, you know, if he was doing that, what other little things has he been doing the entire time to manipulate events, to set up certain things, and what else? What will he do next? There's you a lot of, there's a lot of little aspects to John Jones that I've always really loved. Uh, my favorite in particular was, uh, did you, uh, I don't think you have, but do you ever read The Sandman? Uh, from no, the- I, I, no, the only one from Sandman Universe I read is Constantine. Uh, the... Uh, initial first 12 issues of, 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 uh, Sandman were, Sandman was captured and for a hundred couple of years in a circle of, uh, protection, uh, by an Aleister Crowley rival who wanted to out magic Aleister Crowley. And he did a ritual to, uh, trap death, but he actually, uh, trapped, uh, Dream. The... Lord of Dreams, and um, when his wheelchair accidentally crossed over the the line of sand and salt, mm-hmm. it, it freed him. And three of uh, Dreams' uh, particular magic magic items were stolen, and one of them was his helm, his bag of dust, and a, a magic amulet. And well. The person he entrusted to help him find these things was John Constantine. Okay. And in the process of trying to hunt these things down, uh, John uh, went and knocked on John Jones' apartment door with his wife. Like, John was in an apartment. Knocked on the door, and the idea is that the Sandman is the anthropomorphic idea of your culture's idea of the Dream King. So in our reality, uh, what Neil Gaiman it pictured us for us was Neil Gaiman looked like uh, Robert Smith from The Cure. Yeah. Well, Robert Smith from The Cure is sitting right next to John Constantine. Johnny, our beloved Johnny, knocks on the door. John Jones knocks on the door. John Jones opens the door, doesn't see Robert Smith. It's a giant ball of fire. Oh, wow. Okay. And it was... Even though he didn't know that it was Morgus Dream King, and on Mars, the Dream King is a giant ball of fire, and he immediately fell to his knees, immediately acknowledging that it was the Dream King. Uh-huh. Like I'm talking anthropomorphic to the next fucking level. Like like even aliens see it in a different level. Like does that make yeah. sense? And no, totally. And man, when John Jones. I gotta say, John Jones was my favorite part of the fucking Justice League movie. Like, he was gorgeous. What a perfect... Oh, yeah, no, definitely freaking... Like, just a huge, like, you know, basically a huge-ass Easter egg that freaking, like, 
you didn't like you knew, but you, you didn't knew. like no, I guess like you knew about the Joker stuff. Yeah. You know, the Deathstroke thing you'd seen in the freaking theatrical release, though I think it was definitely better this time around. But like at, like not realizing like you it was it was so perfectly played out and then he just morphed into Martian Man and you're like hundred percent. Uh, it's awesome. He was gorgeous, man. He he was just perfectly a perfect mix of uh, real, um, just perfect uh, makeup art and the CGI. Mm-hmm. And it was the dude from the Matrix. Yeah. That, that perfect asshole. <laughs> that, yeah, that, no, that was great. That perfectly logical asshole. <laughs> yep. Oh, dude. Two hours, and we only did, like, four comics and a movie. Yep. <laughs> That'll that, work, shoot. Put that in your pipe and schmook it. Eh, I'm not really much of a vape guy. Nah. It's more your thing. Nah. Don't tell them that. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Don't, God damn it. <laughs> I don't vape. I smoke hardcore cigars. And drink old Fine ones from Cuba. And drink old whiskey. <laughs> old straight from the tap. Straight from the Canadian Mist tap from three years ago. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but yeah, no, man. I think we're we're good for the night on this one. Damn good for the night, man. Uh, dude, I, I I didn't think it, I didn't think we could recharge our batteries. Dude, my battery is complete recharge, man. I'm ready to fucking write a whole comic with you tonight. Sweet. We're going to do Minefields After Dark after I take like, a much-needed piss. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. Sounds like a plan. Minefielders, this is dangerous. We are over and out. <laughs>